If you're good at something, never do it for free, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the millionth show. My name is James, joined once again by Henry. How are you doing, mate? This is all kind of leading up to this particular film, wasn't it? I mean, we've got... <laughs> Not <Dark> me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's also the Batman, but still, this is considered by most people to be the best Batman film ever. Well, this is considered by a lot of people to be one of the best films ever, full stop. Obviously, we're talking about The Dark Knight, which came out in summer 2008. So now it's, what, 14 years old, right? It's yeah, quite old. Right. It's quite an old film now, you know? It's, get, it's getting on a bit. But, um, yeah, this is obviously directed by Chris Nolan, sequel to, the, uh, to Batman Begins, which we reviewed last week. If you haven't seen that, please check that out. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is one of the iconic films you know in, in cinema history for a lot of people uh, I, I believe this is either second or, or third or, or fourth on imdb's it's third. Top 50 it's got nine rating out of 10 which is you know significant i believe only shawshank redemption and godfather's above this yeah there was a whole i think there was a whole like um controversy around when this film came out because uh, there's like an IMDb rating war basically between The Godfather and this, and I think yeah. Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if it had come out by then, um, because like uh, pe- like all different fans are trying to get their film to number one, uh, which is kind of interesting with this. I think yeah. at one point IMDb had to freeze all of the uh, they had to freeze like people rating and writing reviews for a bit. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. I mean, this is the thing. Now, just to be clear to all the viewers, right, this isn't going to be like a two-hour wank fest over this film, from my point anyway. Everyone knows this is a great film, X, Y, Z. It's been done to death. And for that reason, rightly or wrongly, it's like it's not a film that I, you know, particularly love. You know, maybe it's the little contrarian in me, but this film has been so oversaturated, so done to death in pop culture and... Uh, you know, society in general, obviously, for for good reason, you know, for Heath Ledger and the messages, etc. But, you know, it has been done to death. And um, we're going to be, you know, and I think we're going to be reviewing this film. Well, I certainly will with a critical eye. Uh, we're going to, di- di- you know, try and dive into things that you haven't heard already, because everyone already, you know, knows everything about this film, right? So, yeah, everyone, everyone especially knows everything about what Heath Ledger did. Yeah, Heath Ledger, oh, did you know he locked himself in a fucking hotel for a few days? Oh, did you know... He messed fucking... up his uh, makeup on purpose. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 X, Y, Z. It's not to disrespect Heath Ledger, by the way, amazing job. No, 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 yeah, Fantastic rest in and all that, but, but still, like, you know, um, obviously he won the Oscar for this film as well. He died, I think, six months after it's finished filming, so he never got to see the final cut. But, you know, obviously got honoured for it. For his performance, won an Oscar. The, uh, another Oscar for this film was won uh, for uh, sound editing. So this won two Oscars. It was nominated for eight. Uh, not for Best Picture. Obviously, um, you know, that caused a lot of controversy as well. And as a result, I think the Oscars opened up uh, best film to 10 films now instead of five like it was when this film came out. Hmm. So we can presume that this would have been nominated if it was done, if, you know, they had their time over again. I think the film that did win it was Slumdog Millionaire this year. So, I mean, that year, in 2008. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Heath Ledger. Obviously, this this is basically the Heath Ledger film, right? This is the Joker film. Now, you know, straight off the bat, you know, from my point of view, I mean, we're, we're going to, you know, go on to rank, obviously, elements within this film against previous ones. But, uh, 
I think it's worth, I mean, obviously, like I say, this is the Joker film, so it's. I think it's worth going into it a little bit, just straight off the bat, how, uh, obviously, for me, it, obviously, it's an iconic performance, and it's an iconic, you know, for, from Heath Ledger, it's, it's something that's, you know, been, it's widely considered one of, if not the greatest movie villain of all time, right? Certainly super villain. However, for me, I don't really consider this the Joker, right? Now, when I say that, I mean, you know, like an, an accurate kind of depiction. You, when someone says the Joker to me, I don't think of this Joker at all. I always think of Jack Nicholson or, or Mark Hamill, you know. I don't, I don't think about this Joker. Um, this, for me, in this film, he's more, when you actually break it down, he's more of a Riddler than a Joker, right? Because, you know, I saw this theory and I thought, yeah, that really made a lot of sense to me. It's like, you know, I, the Joker, right, is is insane and he does these spontaneous things whilst being cunning whilst having no plan but also you know in, the, in, the, in this film joker is absolutely everything calculated he's trying to mess with people he's trying to you know um cause these frictions and social experiments stuff this is more of a riddler plot than anything you know i mean obviously he's got the green hair and the white makeup and the purple suit but take all those things away you know he's more of a riddler than anything i mean i, I don't know I kind of see where you're coming from there, but like it's it's uh, all scheming, and you know it's uh, I don't feel like this is this isn't a joke for me. Obviously, it's a great performance, and it is a Joker, but much like the Wacken Phoenix one, it's not really accurate, if you know what I mean. I, I don't I don't really consider this as a joke. This is just someone's portrayal of a potential Joker, but it's not really the Joker. You know, it's not like and that's obviously down to Chris Nolan. That's down to the writers and creators of this film. Who wanted to go obviously different direction because this is the first time in what uh, 20, 30, 30 years? Basically 30 years by this point. Yeah, uh, by this point it would have been 20 years. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, no no one had been basically fair play to Heath Ledger because no one really had the no one you know, whoever was stepping up to play the Joker was doing so in Jack Nicholson's shadow. So there's there's and Jack Nicholson not only a legendary actor, but a legendary performance of the Joker. So a lot of pressure on Heath Ledger or whoever was going to play this role, and obviously that's why it was, I think, took in such a different direction to the status quo, which is Jack Nicholson's joke. That is as accurate as you can want, really, apart from probably you know killing the Wayne's parents, but still, um, it's an interesting route they went down with this. Yeah. Uh, as well, like how how many times have you seen this film? Me personally, I think I must. This is basically seen it your first twice. full viewing of it, right? No, I've seen it once or twice uh, previously, but this, those were when I was like maybe like four or five years ago. This time, having seen Batman Begins last week, oh, I yeah. kind of picked up a lot of things from this. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like I was watching it blind, like the the times before. Like, I did. There's so much stuff that I didn't pick up on. Um, but one of the things that always gets me is I always forget that it opens with the the bank robbery scene. Um, oh yeah, I mean it, it's got. I mean this. The, the, the thing is, this film is what as well, like two and a half hours long, and it goes by. It goes by like this. This is I th I've seen this film. <laughs> I think one too many times by now. I watched it yesterday again. I was like, I just you know I kind of half watched it to be honest because I've seen it that many times. Um, and to be fair, I think the first time I watched it was about ten years ago. You know when when we was growing up and you know me and my mates start getting into films. This is one of the films you had to watch. And obviously when I was growing up. Um, the Dark Knight Rises was just coming out, so I had to watch this before. I don't think I'd even—I don't I don't think the first time I saw this, I hadn't even seen Batman Begins. So 
I was just trying to piece it together. I didn't really understand, you know, and then obviously the more you watch it, it's growing up. It's like, you know, um, yeah, the more you I, I don't think it has that much rewatch value after about two or three viewings. But obviously it's just a very well put together film. The plot, you know, the, the hype moments always get me, you know, like with the two fairies uh, towards the end, the climax is very well done. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's obviously full of uh, iconic moments, but I mean, and obviously considered to be as well, you know, the greatest sequel of all time, arguably. I, I would, I, I think that's probably fair. I think Terminator 2 is up there as well, maybe. Um, maybe Blade Runner 2049 as well. But I mean, it's, it is it is right up there, to be fair. It's, it's, it's very yeah. well put together. Yeah, this film also does pull a few surprises that still got me, despite the fact I'd seen it before in this. You can maybe take a guess as to some, but we'll get to those. Um... No, but yeah, let's, this... let's jump into the plot. Uh, so, obviously, we start off with this iconic opening, which is you know, I think I'm going to use that word a lot during the during the during the uh, duration of this episode. But uh, yeah, it starts off with this with a window, basically just just a, a pan shot of you know Chicago, wherever they're filming, onto this great big glass building, and then one of the windows explodes. And uh, we get the, you know, we're just basically hearing the Joker theme. It's like that long violin sort of chord. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Uh, and we just get, yeah, into this bank robbery scene. So obviously a lot of dialogue, a lot of setups here, sort of just introducing the Joker without us seeing him yet. Obviously, you know, we don't know that he's among them for the for the start. So, uh, you know. And um, I always like with this bank robbery thing, to be honest, I always like the the... The way it's done, uh, it's. I mean, now, now, obviously, having seen it so many times, and everyone's seen this film. Obviously, it's kind of one of them where it's like, you know, saying the obvious, but still, it's it's just worth commenting. The you know the way they set it up, where they just, you know, the guy trips the alarm, and then the next guy kills him, and then the guy opens up the bank vault, and he's killed by the the guy who's like, you know, yeah, and he just goes yeah, on yeah, until on. there's one one final share for the last guy, right? And uh, obviously, culminates in uh, the joke, you know, guys, like, oh yeah, but the joke told you to kill to kill me when when I'm done, you know? It's like, no, I killed the bus driver. What bus driver? Bang! You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I found, like, this particular part where he says that, um, yeah. where this guy's basically holding him a uh, Joker at gunpoint, not knowing it's the Joker. Yeah. I, I, one thing that I, I just love about this is, like, uh, this thing that kind of catches you off guard every time, where he's like, he just, he doesn't say anything, he just starts, like, shuffling out the yeah. way slowly. And it's yeah. like, it looked like, just, just the way he's moving his head and everything. Um, and, like... <laughs> Yeah, like he he confuses this guy into not killing him because obviously the bus comes through the wall. But um, the funny thing is with that actually, that was actually really hard to pull off um, for the crew because they had to actually they had to take this bus apart and assemble it inside the building, oh, and yeah. then they had to yeah they had to conceal it behind like this false wall that they fired it through with an air cannon. This is the thing. I mean, yeah, obviously this is a, a fantastic film, but I can't really. I can't get excited about it that much for the amount of times I have to suspend my disbelief for it, right? Um, because this this is supposed to be like, you know, realistic sort of grounded take on Batman. And there's many moments in this film where I'm just like, that is very convenient. You know, I mean, and this Batman, for example, you know, it's just stepping around until the guy's in the exact position and the exact second where this bus is going to come through and plow into him and kill him on impact, you know. Um, and anyway, and then this game. I mean, you know, I, mean, I mean, I guess like one thing you notice in this as well is that, I mean, the Joker doesn't 
he doesn't really care too much about his own life because like he does leave some things like up to chance like that he hopes it goes right like mm. with mm. harvey didn't flipping the coins here yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true you know i mean yeah of course and Jiger, yeah he's, he he doesn't yeah like i say he's just he's not afraid of death as, as we established later on he's a agent of chaos blah 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 so you know just wants to watch the world burn you know all that shit so you know so many overquoted lines but yeah this is the problem you know i mean the problem is you know <laughs> too many people have seen this film <laughs> yeah it's too much of a good you know? thing really and one of whom is like you know a mate of mine he's like you know he's uh, we, you know we're drinking or whatever and it suddenly gets dark whatever and he's like yeah you know and he says to me, oh, you know, unironically, man, this is one of my annoying, one of the annoying guys come across. He's like, yeah, he, th- he thinks they're the Joker. You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, no. uh, yeah, I just want to watch the world burn. You know, I'm like, all, all right, all right, mate. You know, like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Like, you know, though, like... <laughs> this is the, the problem with this fucking Heath Ledger Joker, right, is it, it's like, and again, no disrespect to Heath Ledger at all, right? It's just what, what the, I'm not criticizing him. I'm criticizing the fan base that, has spawned off the back of this performance whereby you know you have people like in the youtube comments of any heath ledger clip and it's like oh you know fucking oh yeah i remember in my school there was a fancy dress day and everyone came as batman except me and i came as the joker so yeah, yeah I'm I got up heath ledger. like shut up man it's, you know there's too many of these unironic memes of just like and it's embarrassing you know this, see this film is the definition of suffering from success that's literally what it is. Yeah, <laughs> like so it's it's too. It, it, the film is so good that it, that it's like become, well, it's not become bad, but people have ruined it, man. It's just become way too oversaturated. Way too many people have seen it and think there's some kind of movie buff because they've seen The Dark Knight. Um, and yeah, and I think that's a pity, you know. And and a lot of hope, you know. Uh, and I I would really like to have seen, you know, in another you know universe, another timeline where. Heath Ledger doesn't die and he continues his acting career after this film and see what the reception would have been like then. I'm not saying it would have been any better or worse, but I think that, you know, definitely contributed to kind of the hype around this film and and obviously the legacy that it left behind in his performance, this being his obviously final performance. So, you know, um, I always I always think that would be quite interesting to, you know, to have seen and how, how much that would have changed things. Because I think it would have significantly, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I personally think this intro of the bank robbery scene is always great. Like, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Job. Especially he leaves that. Um, he, he leaves us either a smoke grenade or an actual grenade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that geezer who like he he's the brave one. He comes with a shotgun and he's like, yeah, fucking, uh, you know. Well, is it a shotgun or is it like a rock salt gun or something? Because it doesn't kill the other guy, right? It just kind of. I'm pretty sure. It, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's something like a. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's a rock salt gun, but. Maybe he's just a terrible shot, you know. Mm, yeah, maybe, yeah. Because the guy's like, oh, where did he learn to count? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, fucking uh, Joker sprays him. Yeah, sticks this grenade in his mouth. And you have this kind of dialogue, which the problem with this film is there's so many bits of dialogue that just border on cringe, you know. And it's and this is one of them. It's like, oh, you know, criminals used to believe in things like honor, respect. And what do you believe in? You know, what do you believe in? And he goes, oh, I believe what... And this is the first... No, it's not the first line. He goes... Um, you know, um, I kill the bus driver and then he comes and he's like, yeah, uh, I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. Pulls off the mask, you see his face, you get the music and shit. It's like, oh, you get the face <laughs> reveal of uh, the Joker. So, 
Very well done, I've got to say. I mean, it, it does give me the chills every time I see it. I'm like, fuck, you know. You, you, it's not a face you get used to, is it? Despite, you know, society's best efforts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, again, you know, it's it's an interesting take they took with this Joker where he's not, uh, you know, fell in a vat of chemicals and he's not, you know, insane or if He's just kind of like, you know, a bloke who's kind of lost it and just, you know, that's pretty much it. Just gone and decided to dress up like a clown and paint his own face which for me you know i don't know it's, it's obviously just the chris nolan style of tweaking with the actual characters that he's inherited here which you know it works uh, well, i mean it'd be, me i think i think cases you know it's almost like better that way in my opinion because imagine if every yeah. single joker iteration had been done like the exact same way you know this it gives a bit of variety yeah, I know what you're saying, but d- d- yeah, I suppose, I suppose. But you know, same with Batman, then, right? You know, I mean, Batman doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be significantly different. You could just have a different kind of style or angle or take. This is just a completely different character. This Joker. This is. You, do you know what I'm saying? This is. Uh, it's not the Joker. It's this is more like a just just some guy, like some guy that lost it. Just like Wacken Phoenix's Joker. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just different. And for me, it's it's never going to be. The, anyway, so yeah, he sticks a grenade in this guy's mouth and pulls out the pin, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a smoke grenade or a tear gas or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Which is so cool. That, that, that's 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 great, you know, because he walks into this, he jumps into this bus, and then pull the pin is just dangling out of his jacket, and it pulls out, and you, and this guy's, you know, terrified, man. And yeah, knocks yeah, him out. He joins. He joins like a uh, the way that he escapes. He joins like yeah, a convoy of school buses. buses, and there's a gap perfect for him. I mean, yeah, I know he's a great. I think player. he joins at the end, doesn't he? Come on, sorry. I think his bus joins at the very end of them. I'm not sure. No, it doesn't. Maybe. It sandwiches right in the middle of this convoy. Do well, maybe. He, well, I mean, if he could get one, if he could organize one bus for this, maybe he's got other people in the others. Who knows? This is the thing, you know. It's a l- we're already stretching. Reality is a lot here, you know. I mean, five school buses outside a bank. I don't know it's about that. Way more than five, though. No, it's way more. This is the problem. I wouldn't normally criticize it if it wasn't so obviously like unrealistic because you, you pan out and there's at least, a, I'd say, a dozen. And there's a lot in front and a lot. It's like he just, you know, nips in at the back. It's just there's a whole queue of them, you know. I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so anyway, then we get to uh, we get a little bit of world building here. So uh, this is three years after the events of Batman Begins. I right? thought it was nine months. Is it nine months? Supposedly it's nine months, right? I understood it was two or three years. I mean, either way, you know, it's not a huge amount of time, and it's not like you yeah. know tomorrow either. It's kind of you know, um, we get a little bit of you know where the GCPD are at. They're like, oh, you know, fucking, we see a few bent coppers in there, and they're like, oh. Yeah, the investigation's ongoing. You see a funny little board of Batman suspects and with Abe Lincoln and, and Bigfoot on there. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Always gets me. <laughs> uh, then we get, you know, our good old mate Scarecrow, Killian Murphy, Tommy Shelby, Dark Sigma male himself. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been reduced to being a drug dealer, basically. Yeah. Um, I found that interesting. This, t- this is the first time I actually realised, like, clicked to my brain. Oh, yeah, this is the Scarecrow. Oh, really? I liked it. Yeah, because I like. I also liked his little uh, line when, like, when Batman. Uh, well, basically, by the end of this scene, when Batman, like, like you know, captures them all, and then he, yeah. like, he says to like the fake one, like, yeah, I don't need help, and then he says, oh, by my diagnosis, you certainly do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the good old scarecrow banter in there, you know, um, and uh, yeah, uh, and this was really cool because this is something where 
this is you know right back to reality this is where you would get this is this is you know for real like because if there was a geezer you know going around dressed up as batman fighting crime you would definitely get a bunch of copycats out there and um and, and that's that's exactly what we see here we see batman having to fight them as well as because you know they're, they're trying to copy a star but then they're using guns and shit and you know I think it is really cool the way he shows up and he like you know gets the yeah. nozzle of that gun just bends it down you know that's, that's such a cool moment. Yeah, well, one thing I did kind of because this isn't like this isn't like in James Bond where in every Batman film they like to do something where Batman supposedly dies, but like um, hmm. I one thing I do kind of wish with this scene is that um, they kept it they they suspended the idea of like this isn't this guy clearly isn't Batman. Where they use like uh, one or more, uh, sorry, just like the one fake Batman. They keep it for a minute or two longer that you actually think it's him, uh, rather than like Batman turns up like twenty seconds after. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And it's could have been a better surprise. Straight away, like, ah, oh, that's not him. And then you see fucking the big fuck off tumbler come through the wall. He's like, that's more like it, you know. Uh, get a couple of dogs as well, you know. Get get their sink their teeth in. A uh, little bit of, you know, Batman, he's on the van and he can't turn his head and all that shit, you know, um, comes off. Anyway, yeah, so he apprehends the Scarecrow and, and the fake Batman. And we get this great line, you know, where <laughs> one of the fake Batmans go, oh, you know, we're just trying to help, you know, uh, what's the difference between you and me? And he goes, I'm the word occupants. So, <laughs> you know, good line there. Uh, always always gets a laugh, I reckon. Um and then we cut to now. This is another little beef that I've got with. I mean, this Batman in general, but particularly in this film, we get Batman in daylight in well lit rooms far too often. He looks really silly, you know, because it. I don't know why, but I mean, we because we cut to the bit where where we see Gordon and they're in like a little bank vault that they that the Joker robbed from earlier, and um, you know they're talking about the the marked bills that they've got. And Batman's there, and it's just him in a well-lit room. It just doesn't look right. Um, and, f- and furthermore, how does he arrive there and vanish when there's only obviously one one door in this place, which is you know heavily guarded? Ah, uh, you know. Um, Again, suspicious. Maybe he's got some cloaking technology. We never get, we never learn about. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. He's got fucking Harry Potter invisibility cloak, probably. You know. But um, but anyway, he has a little chin wag with Gordon here. And again, he's in a well-lit room where you have a really good look at, you know, his face and the cowl. It just doesn't, just looks strange to me. Because Batman's obviously, he's an oper- he operates in the night. You know, he's yeah, shooting so the shadows in the dark. And you have him in a, you know, like the most brightly lit room you can imagine. And it just doesn't, you know, you see kind of the blues on his suit and everything. It just doesn't, it just looks, it looks silly, you know. It looks like, literally like a guy in a Batman costume. It's not scary at all. Um, and I think that just takes you out of it a little bit for me, anyway. Uh, anyway, so then we get to uh, the new Batcave. So Alfred, you know, first of all, he goes to the mansion. He sees the or the penthouse, sorry, because they burnt down the mansion at the end of the yeah, last one. Yeah, wow. So he goes to the penthouse. Bed hasn't been slept in. He goes uh, to the docks uh, into this sort of uh, cr- uh, what is yeah, it? Crate container. container. That's right. And then you know, uh, there's this kind of underground temporary Batcave. Which is obviously just some some set designer's dream, you know, that they wanted to create this kind of. It's it's very aesthetically pleasing room. Though. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like all these um, floodlights, basically. Yeah, it's a nice room. Uh, Batman, sorry, well, yeah, Bruce Wayne's in there, stitching himself up. You know, we get a little bit of banter with Alfred, as always, a little bit of back and forth. 
know your limits, Master Wayne. You know, can't force no. You like to say, oh, I, I told you so, blah, 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 all that shit, setting things up. Um, and then we, we zoom on, we meet. Uh, yeah, obviously during this moment as well, these last few minutes, uh, everyone's talking about Harvey Dent. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're, and then we actually get to meet him in this courtroom scene. We get to see Rachel as well, who's this time not played by Katie Holmes, but instead by uh, Maggie. I can never remember or pronounce her second name right. Gin, it's the same as that Jack Jack Ginnahall or Ginnahall. I can never yeah, say the name. Jack Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. I believe they're the same surname, right? But not related. Anyway. So she, she's the new Rachel and she's, you know, Harvey Dent's, you know, uh, understudy basically and also, uh, you know, girlfriend. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of nice setups here. We get, now this is, uh, I don't know, Chris Nolan is bipolar, man, because with his villains, he either chooses to do a really fantastic, accurate interpretation of them or just something completely different you know there's you've either got your two faces and your scarecrows or you've got your jokers and your banes and there's no in between do you know what i mean yeah and in this case sorry yeah yeah because this this scene is like really simple this seems initially really similar to his actual origin story i think where like one of the maronis like throws like uh sulfuric acid on his face Um, it's, it's fantastic this this whole it's it's nice you've got all the gimmicks you've got the coin I like the uh, twist they put on it, you know, where, I mean, we go on to see later on, it's a double-headed coin, obviously, and yeah. he uses it to, you know... You make know, his own luck. Yeah, with the ladies and all that, you know. Like, <laughs> um, I'd like to know if anyone's ever tried that, by the way, go to a nightclub with a double-headed coin and try to pull using that. That'd be quite funny. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but, like, yeah, yeah, for this thing, was the guy, like, um, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I like to consider this witness as hostile, and the guy puts, like, he's like, I'll show you hostile. Pulls a gun on him and he like disarms him really quickly. I'm not 100 sure if you could do that, but like without getting shot in the face. But uh, yeah, but it, maybe this guy's out of his like. For mind. me, it's fucking cool to be fair because he like bang disarms and punches him in the face. Da, da, da. Oh, this is a Chinese gun. If you want to kill a civil servant, you yeah, should buy a American. Bang! And he's like got the biggest dick in the room, man. And then he goes, oh, oh, this case is adjourned. And he goes, oh, but your honor, I'm not done. Gets a laugh out of the courtroom. Yeah. So, you know, we get uh, that's, that's a pretty right. cool introduction, introduction to Harvey Dent, I think. Yeah, as, as well, because I thought, like, the people, um, I, I assume this was designed for people who are, like, massive comic book fans watching this, and they're expecting him to get, like, attacked in the courtroom, like, you know, asked on his face. Oh, you reckon? Straight away. Yeah, and then he, like, he turns it around, and he actually doesn't. He, he actually beats the shit out of the guy. Well, maybe you're right, actually. Yeah, good point. Um, I never thought of that. But yeah, I, I really like this actor for Harvey Dent as well. Uh, I think his name's Aaron Eckhart. Right? Aaron Eckhart, yeah. Conveniently yeah. also, uh, was it? Is, there's yeah, a yeah. Uh, Eckhart in the uh, 1989 film too. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But just pure coincidence. But uh, he's, uh, I really like this You know, this uh, this guy who acts as Two-Face. I think he, he does a really good job. I like it. I th- he's just as, he goes under the radar a lot because everyone talks about the Joker with this film. And with all the films, you know, it's all about Tom Hardy or Michael Caine or uh christian bale xyz but two-face harvey dent for me is as good a villain as any that we'll see in uh, in any of these films that we're reviewing for me you know if we're talking about the very uh elite top sort of ranks uh villains of all these batman films are doing two faces in that bracket for me this yeah, two really is. is very very good and needless to say 
better than the only other two face that we've got uh, in in Tommy Lee Jones and Batman Forever. So <laughs> we can settle that ranking now. I think number one Aaron Eckhart, number two Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, number seven Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. So Harvey Dent, you know, uh, we're still getting to know him and he, he goes and has a chat with uh, Gordon as well. And as much as this is a joke film, actually, really, this film is following the events, the the, the rise and the fall of, of, of Harvey Dent. Basically, this whole film is, is in reality, the whole plot from start yeah, to finish. Revolves around them. Yeah, it revolves around Harvey Dent, around um, Two-Face. But anyway, he goes and has a chat with, uh, with Commissioner, uh, oh, sorry, Lieutenant Gordon at this stage. Um, yeah. and we get, you know, a little bit of uh, foreshadowing where you see in Harvey Dent's office that some of the books are wonky and some of them are straight. Um, Gordon, uh, Gary Oldman, you know, mumbles half of his lines. I don't know. He's such a good actor. And he, I don't know why he insists on doing it in these films as Commissioner Gordon, but he's just like, he, he like mumbles half of his lines. He's inaudible. I don't know why. Um, but anyway, so we get, uh, then, then we, um, we go to uh, Wayne Wayne Enterprises boardroom where we meet, you know, Lau. We meet, you know, we're, we're reunited with Fox. We meet this guy called Reese, and we see, you know, Bruce Wayne having a kip during the meeting. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, that's always uh, that's yeah, always good. nightly escapades. <laughs> yeah, catching up with uh, with that. Uh, Reese, you know, Reese is a little prick. You know, he's going there. And he's like, oh, this is embarrassing. Blah blah blah. Uh, Morgan Fox is just like, sorry, Morgan Fox. Morgan Freeman is just like, yeah, don't worry, I'll take, I'll look after Mr. Wayne. Um, and basically, the next bit is uh, more or less we get to Harvey Dent going on a date with uh, with Rachel in in this nice fancy restaurant. He's like, oh, it took me three weeks to get this place. Has to tell him I work for the government. Blah blah blah. And uh, we get the first Sigma moment from Bruce oh, Wayne. Yeah brilliant intro he comes in with this russian ballet dancer and he's like yeah you know what's up and they're like oh let's put a couple of tables together and he's like, oh i don't know if you could do that here you know the beta harvey dent yeah of course he's like no i don't know yeah i think we can i own the place you know yeah <laughs> they should let us i own the place didn't it um very good so anyway they're having a chat about batman quite interesting actually you know i mean obviously a shit ton of foreshadowing here um we get and but i think it's a very interesting dynamic that you see here because obviously you're seeing bruce wayne talking about batman but obviously you know he's batman so he's trying to like act yeah, like he not be doesn't care or doesn't know about him whatever but then there's also rachel there who knows he's batman and then you've got harvey dentner who likes batman and then you've got this russian who's just like yeah whatever just bouncing bouncing yeah, basically lines like my well other actors <laughs> But um, but yes, yeah, very interesting dynamic, very good conversation. I like it. Um, you know, we get some good back and forths here. Yeah, it's very well written. Very well written, and uh, obviously we get the uh, iconic line from Harvey Dent: "You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain." Yeah. So may- maybe my favorite line from the film, apart from one yeah. other, which one? because it's like the writing in this film was so good. Like the fact that so many of these lines have been quoted to death, like. Well, that's the thing. I think that's re- the real strength of this film. I mean, there's so many strengths of this whole trilogy in, in terms of the casting, the directing, the score, the cinematography, the plots. Everything is, is, is uh, you know, so well done. But I think the writing especially is what elevates this film to the status that it's considered at, 
you know, in 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 the world, basically, you know, where where it's just so quotable, but not in like not in an Arnold Schwarzenegger way or anything, you know, like in an actual very meaningful kind of deep way, you know, if, yeah. if we're putting it like that, right? But anyway, uh, then we get to again one of the most iconic moments in this film, maybe the most, right? Because we get this sort of mob meeting. Looks like it's in the back of a kitchen, basically, and uh, and um, you know it's a mob meeting. We you see uh, yeah, Lauf- is it's Maroni, whatever, right? And yeah, Maroni's like the uh, successor to him, basically. Yeah. yeah, and you see this Chinese bloke, Lao. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I'm fucking off to Hong Kong with all your money. Don't worry, I'll look after it. Sure, you will, mate. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Joker rocks up, right? He goes, you know, he does his sarcastic laugh. We get a full good look of him because we only sort of glimpsed, not glimpsed him, but, you know, we didn't get to see much of him when he introduced himself. But now we get the full shebang, you know, where he's there and he's like, you know, they're, they're actually talking shit about him before. Like, oh, yeah, he wears a cheap, cheap suit. He's nothing. You know, he's not a problem. And then he goes, yeah, I can tell you this wasn't cheap. You yeah, you bought it, you know. Um, and this this guy, one of the gangsters is like, yeah, what's his name? Gamble or something, right? He's like, yeah, yeah I've had enough of this guy. Take him out. And he goes, uh you, know, you want to see a magic you trick. Want to see a magic trick, you know, and then he gets the guy fucking bang, makes the pencil disappear, goes in the guy's skull, man, and you're like, oh shit. So they're all like, they all sit down, and after that, to this day, for, I, I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I, I can't really remember much of my first experience seeing this film because I was about 13 at the time. Um, but fucking, I, I remember that for sure, man, because it's just such an ordinary thing. I got you know, pen here bang, slam that in, and you think, oh, you know, doing that at school or something, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I thought about doing that to people all the time. Yeah, but like, that I is such, that that is well, such a good, like, good bit. How far would that go in your skull as well, man? Like, probably right I mean, to the back. I mean, disappear the whole thing, it'd basically go right through your brain. That's grim, isn't it? Imagine that. Great. I mean, what what an execution method there by, uh, by the Joker. Surprised I never saw that before in a film, to be honest, but obviously, Joker got to corner that one. So, um, so anyway, so then he gives them a whole speech about, yeah, we've got to kill the Batman. That's the reason you've all become a bunch of pussies. Yeah, that's why you won't go out at night. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Did your balls fall off, etc. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you do it then? And he goes, well, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. So obviously iconic line. That is probably my favorite line from this film. If I had to really pick one. Great, great response to such a question. Yeah, and, and if it's if we have to go through like a joke quote that I do find that I actually agree with unironically would be that one. That is. Yeah. The fact that also that one has. Mercenary way. <laughs> yeah. Go on. No, I was just saying that one has been quoted as much, which I feel is why it's like, you know, probably because you can't say, oh, um, he's just like me by saying that. It's just like, a, it's just a good line in general. Not like saying, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I love to like kill people for fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyway, then, then he obviously. And then they're all like, oh, fuck this guy, you know, and then he, he, you know, he pulls out his jacket and he's got like a dozen grenades there, you know, one pin. And he just, you know, steps back out of the, uh, yeah, the let's room. Let's not blow things it. out of proportion, you know. Yeah, that's right. Leaves, you know, here's my card. You're ready to be a bit more serious. So yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those scenes. And I think, I, I think it'd be hard to say there's a more iconic scene in this film or even the whole trilogy where it's just, you know. Just, just meeting the Joker, basically. Yeah, especially like you know, he. Um, 
like I love that bit as well like the, oh you know we, like they just their attempts like you know in, intimidate him and he just pulls his I just love that bit where he pulls his jack open he's like like he's prepared to blow himself up and oh yeah yeah there. absolutely it's it's brilliant so anyway so he um he walks out of this meeting uh then we get a, a nice uh, cool scene here we get uh Harvey Dent he switched on the um the bat signals, so Batman shows up, and you get Gordon turn up as well. So you got the three of them on this rooftop having a chat. Uh, they're just like, yeah, we need to get Lau back, but he's fucked off to Hong Kong. So Batman says, you know, uh, well, if I can get him, will you get him to talk? And he, Harvey Dent says, I'll get him to sing. I think that's a good line. And uh, obviously he vanishes. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really understand how, how you know, Gordon, a seasoned detective police officer, isn't noticing, you know, Batman disappearing every time. You think by this point, you sort of yeah, you probably like set a camera up somewhere, or like have a guy watching, you know. Yeah, have a GoPro on you or something, you know. Yeah, exactly, like a 360 camera somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, so basically, then we get uh, Batman. You know, has a has a little meeting with Fox and Alfred. They're planning a trip to Hong Kong. They get an alibi where, which is quite funny because they're like, uh, you know. It's like, uh, you know, he goes to Alfred, he goes, oh, how are we going to explain the trip out to Hong Kong? And he goes, oh, I've got a perfect idea, Mr. Wayne. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, you know, and then we cut to uh, Harvey Dent again being the base, you know, taking uh, Rachel to this date and then it's cancelled. You see the newspaper on the wall, billionaire escapes with entire Russian ballet, whatever. So, um, yeah. and then we cut to obviously Bruce Wayne, alpha male on the on the, on the ship, you know, with, uh, with all these, uh, w- you know, women, bikinis. He jumps off, uh, you know, onto this plane that they've uh, that they've hired. Yeah, he's and... got that great bit with Alfred as well. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what's what's like, you know, if I knew something in Russia, it'd be like apply your own bloody suntan lotion. You know, yeah. they all want him. Yeah, and then as soon as uh, Batman jumps off, you know, he's like, yeah, turn over there. No, I'm getting stuck in. So good old Michael Caine left on a boat with a bunch of Russian models. Funnily enough, actually, it's never occurred to me, but it is kind of a little bit of a nod to. Um, the Italian job, perhaps, you know? Yeah, perhaps when he's like, you know, yeah, he yeah. walks up. This, this is where he finally gets to enjoy his, you know, gift out of prison, you know? That's right. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, we get, um, we get, uh, oh yeah, we get, here this we are. Yeah. extracts Lau from Hong Kong. No, 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 uh, before that, we get a, a bit yes. here where, um, obviously, when Joker was in that meeting before, the the the, the gamble guy goes, ah, oh, I'm putting a price on this guy's head, uh, half a million dead, a million alive, so I can teach him some manners first. And then we get someone who, we get KSI turns up, who claims to have captured the, uh, the Joker, <laughs> and uh, has him in a bin bag, throws him on the snooker table, and, um, and obviously the guy goes, okay, well, uh, you know, he's dead, that's 500 grand, and then Joker says, what about alive? Grabs him, puts a knife in his mouth, and um, and then we get his first, you know, do you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah, his, his, yeah, his uh, quote-unquote origin story in this that changes well, like, every time he tells someone. That's right, someone. that's right. And he's like, oh, my father was a gambler and a fiend. Sorry, yeah, my father was a drinker and a fiend. And... Um, and then he, you know, he, he goes on about he goes on about this, you know, his dad's wife beat her, blah blah blah. Obviously, we know it's it could be true, it could be bullshit, you know. This, that's yeah, especially when his story changes multiple times. Like that's right, and and that is one cool thing because I suppose you know you're never supposed to know the Joker's origin story, even though it is kind of 
that's that's one of two things. You can either go ambiguous with the Joker and you go, yeah, no one knows his origin story, his real name or anything, which is obviously the route they go down here, or you can go the Jack Nicholson one where it's like, okay, vat of chemicals. That is why he looks the way he is, which yeah, kind of makes a bit more sense to me, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, why else would you choose to look like that? No one would choose to look like that. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh, so, you know, he goes on about this so-called origin story. There's a bit that confuses me here because obviously the climax of it is, you know, he cuts the guy's mouth, right? Gives him a Chelsea smile, but but that apparently kills him silently. You know, the guy's not screaming. He's like, oh, you know, he just, just drops to the ground like a sack of potatoes. Oh, I, know. Really un- I mean, yeah, it's done for dramatic effect, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, all. maybe he's got one of them like, uh, not like a vanishing blade, but like a blade that extends even further. Who knows? Still wouldn't kill you, would it? It'd just, you know, d- give you gum damage at worst, you know? <laughs> Maybe take out one of your teeth, I don't know. But it's I mean, not... he has so many knives, he's bound to have a gadget or in one of them. Yeah, but still, still, all he did, no, but clearly all he does, he puts a little blade in his mouth and then just, cut. you know, literally just gives him a Chelsea smile, probably cuts an inch or two up and then that's it, you know? That wouldn't, first of all, you'd be screaming, you know, at the pain and you, you know, you, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's for the sake of dramatic me. I mean, I mean it's all very it's nicely like, set up around to make this character, this Joker, this Heath Ledger, like, perfect, but I don't I know. Mean, if, you, fair, if you do stop to think, you're just like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the stuff we've let fly in previous films, this isn't too much of a stretch, I think. Well, that's a good point. But anyway, uh, well, I, although, having said that, I do, you know, if we if we are going to go down this icon, you know, um, this is supposed to be grounded, realistic Batman I'm going to call it out, you know, because that's the standard they want to play. So I don't think Joel Schumacher was particularly, you know, caring about that aspect. So. Well, uh, but yeah, don't trust Joel Schumacher in front of me, you know. <laughs> but um, anyway, we go back to Hong Kong. Fox uh, ha- has a meeting with uh, with Lau, plants a phone, obviously, which is important later. Goes, you know, as uh, again, Fox Fox has some, you know, Morgan Freeman has some good signal lines, you know, throughout yeah. the trilogy. <laughs> well, one of which is where he goes, oh, I'm sure a businessman of your stature will understand. And then, f- yeah, f- yeah, it's like, he, he, yeah, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really use them himself. He like turns someone else's yeah. like, line against him. It's like, I'm sure a businessman of your stature would understand. And he's like, yeah, he, he like, he like pisses him off as well by cancelling it basically on him, like wasting yeah. his time on purpose. Being like, sure, a businessman of your stature would understand, you know. That's right. That's right. It's very good little, uh, little show off there. And uh, anyway, then we we get we uh, you know Fox catches up with Wayne, who's there, you know, with his binoculars, being a tourist, <laughs> and uh, obviously uh, shows him this sonar technology, which is literally detective vision from the Arkham games, which is so fucking cool. Um, so we get that first kind of little introduction of that. Obviously, it's developed later on in the film, but for now, that's that's what we get. Uh, and then we get uh, one of the best shots in the whole trilogy, I think, which is where we basically just get basically, uh, you know, a skyline of um, of Hong Kong. And then we get onto the top of one building where Batman is. He's like with his mask off. He's suited up, ready to go. It's really cool. He's just looking over the city. Um, although we have the eye makeup problem, you know, this is where we get our Michael Keaton moment in the fact that, Bruce Wayne, you see a shot of him with no eye makeup, and then he puts on the helmet, the mask, the cowl, and then it's all blacked out. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
Well, one thing, I mean, obviously, the, this shot is just here to be, like, you know, cool. Like, it's a very good shot where he's, like, looking over the city. Oh, yeah. In a place I like mean, China where there's, like, a, like three billion surveillance cameras and police <laughs> everywhere, someone would have spotted that, which is... Oh, yeah, you'd have thought so. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this shot was actually done practically. Not, you know, with Christian Bale himself, but if I'm not mistaken, they did go up on a roof and try and... Do do this, bro. I mean, obviously, that's Chris Nolan's one of his things. You know, he tries to do everything as practically as possible. Everyone knows, obviously, later on, you get the truck flip thing, which was done practically. Did you know that? Oh, who doesn't, yeah, man? Exactly. My dog knows that. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and you've got, you know, all that kind of thing. But anyway, so uh, so then he, he glides down, which is cool. You get, you know, a nice, you know, I'm a sucker for the Batman gliding sort of with his cape. Yeah, yes, oh. you know, they killed 60 stuntmen trying to do that for a week. <laughs> do that practically, yeah. Um, you know, and basically kidnaps Lau and, uh, you know, using that plane technology, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It, it, that is actually a real, yeah, that's a real technology as well that actually they used to use. And uh, I think it was like, what's it called? They did it, in, they first did it in 1958 or something. Yeah, of course, it makes sense. Um, so the CI needed it to, yeah, like he, he explains the CI needs yeah. to basically get people out of enemy territory. That's right. And it makes sense. And it is practically done. So, oh, that's cool. So uh, he takes Lau away and delivers him to Gordon, like literally leaves him <laughs> outside yeah, the, like, the, yeah. the building with a note on him delivered to <laughs> Lieutenant Gordon. So anyway, so then they're interrogating uh, Lau and you get Rachel doing the, the worst, least convincing, least intimidating joke of an interrogation that I've ever seen in any film. Um, it's just like... Uh, it's pretty embarrassing to be honest, but I don't know. Um, so anyway, so then they go, oh, okay, well, they they basically get him to say something somewhat incriminating. So Gordon goes goes over to uh, this cafe where all the gangsters hang out, and he goes, ah, oh, you know, it's Manoni, right? And he goes, ah, uh, oh. what what's his name? Manoni, Maroni, Maroni. Maroni. He goes to Maroni, he goes, ah. Oh, are you, you know, are you sure you're going to embarrass me in front of my friends? And Gordon gets his signal line. Oh, don't worry. They're coming as well. <laughs> and they arrest uh, 500 people on, give or take. Yeah, it's a really uh, people in court as well. Yeah, that's right. So we get a little court scene. And it's like, wow, this is, you know, this is Harvey Dent shit. Uh, they have a little chat with the mayor where he goes, you know, you've you've arrested 500 people. This is this is going to this is going to have repercussions, etc. And Dent's like, oh, it's a good start. You know, this is what we want. Blah, blah, blah. They have a little chat, set a few things up, of course, which all culminates with, and this gets me every single time, the Batman, the fake Batman, like slamming against the window. And, like, yeah, I oh, always forget that. jump scare, man, every time. It's yeah, he's, got so like good. he's got like Joker makeup as well. And, yeah, he's like, yeah, so, and he's like hung in a noose, man. It's fucking crazy. Again, very, very, you're like, you really have to suspend your disbelief for that because the moment he's like, Looking out his window, and then it slams exactly at the moment in exactly the right spot. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, regardless of whether or not someone was there, like having that outside the window would be like, you know, a warning mm. or something. True, true. But you really yeah, make sure that even just to line it up with the right office window, you'd have to get that spot on. Yeah, but... Do you imagine if he went like he got it like on the secretary's floor or something? Yeah, he's exactly. like, oh, sorry, I have to, he like drags it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, just pulling it up and he's like, smudging against the window the makeup and stuff you know <laughs> well anyway it, it's cool imagery nevertheless uh and then we get basically we cut back to bruce wayne and alfred getting ready for their party for harvey dent and they have a look at the tv and there's the joker there uh basically 
communicating with Gotham, his his yeah, plans. Yeah, main video. Yeah, actually, yeah, they, yeah, that's right. I mean, those uh, every single part. I'm pretty sure every single shot in this film was overseen by Chris Nolan, except these homemade like videotape things that uh, Heath Ledger oversaw and directed, basically. Oh, really? Um, yeah, know. which is interesting. I mean, I guess it's to get that like sort of um, like yeah, he's got he can't yeah he can't hold a camera. It's shaky and everything. That's like the whole point, I guess. No, that's quite cool actually. I didn't know that. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, well, he's ledger fact I don't know about. There's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not like you know, it's not like it's a Heath Ledger fact I don't know because you know I've gone out of my way to really research. You just you just hear everything, don't you? You can't avoid it, can you? Yeah. It's like Tommy Shelby. This he's basically like the Heath Ledger of ten years ago is literally the Tommy Shelby of today. You just can't avoid all this kind of stuff stuff about him, right? More or less. But uh, but anyway. So um, yeah, he captured yeah. So he captured this guy who's like a um, the one yeah, the Batman copies. So oh, we just oh, to... dress up like him and he holds up the little rubber <laughs> cow, which always makes me laugh. Yeah, uh, so oh, what we does be afraid of scum like you and he's like, oh yeah, you very much do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he takes the camera, points at himself, and he's like, you know, this is how crazy Batman's made Gotham. Starting tonight, people will die uh, unless Batman does a face reveal. So. Um, you better hope, Henry, that no one ever puts this threat out for you. By the way, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fucked, man. Like, there's several world governments after me at this point. <laughs> yeah, man, witness protection. You know, no one even knows what your skin color is. Even I've never seen you, right? So, you know, my own oh, brother. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just ignore the last episode where I'm sat opposite you. Yeah, bet hope that uh, we never get uh, our own Joker that you know puts the word out for you, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, better hope you have a Harvey Dent that takes the fall for you, but. We'll come to that. Anyway, so um, so Bruce Wayne's like, oh, okay, well, good to know. And um, basically, we 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 cut to uh, the actual party itself. It's in full swing. Bruce Wayne does a Sigma or actually Alpha entrance. Um, yeah, on his helicopter, helicopter with three women. You know, like you know, looking like it does, it does look slightly awkward. The fact that he's got his arms around two and there's like yeah. onto the side i was like why that always always irks me man you know that every single time i'm like ah, oh, i feel a bit bad for that one on the, on the third one do you know what i mean but uh, at least you know even it out if you're gonna you either have two or four you can't have three yeah it's like yeah there's yeah. there's being a side piece then there's being like an extra side piece you know yeah the side hoe man you know that's like the side side hoe do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> but uh anyway he does this cool entrance and does a speech for harvey dent and um, and basically during during all this, and then he has a, you know catch up with Rachel. Um, there's a lot going on in in this this next four, sort of five ten minutes, but um, part of it is Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne doing the worst shittiest bollockless proposals to Rachel ever, right? Because they're both effectively trying to like. They're both fighting over. They both want want to marry her, right? They're both like obsessed with her for some reason. I don't know what's the big deal. Yeah, no, Rachel, she's got Batman and Harvey Dent by the balls, you know. But uh, it, you know, it's it's. Yeah. I, I I don't really understand it. But anyway, they they both they're both obsessed with her. Um, to the point where the whole film revolves around you know her, obviously. In fact, not just that, the whole fucking trilogy, because you get the hangover of this. In the Dark Knight Rises as well, right? But um, they just do these these like terrible proposals. It's like they're basically asking him to marry her. Like Harvey Dent's like, yeah, oh well, it makes you think about who you want to spend the rest of your life with. So um, you know, what do you think? 
it's like, yeah, it's, like, it's, like work, it's like you know when you ask you well, ask a girl out to prom but you know when you're 15 or something you're like oh well, well do you think maybe you know you'd be about it's just, it's just, yeah on. you might as well just like do you want to marry me yes or no yeah get on your knee get the ring out do it properly do you know what I mean none of this fucking fanning about you know and they both do for a guy yeah for yeah, this guy can like you know like diff- uh, what's it called disarm a guy and punch him in yeah. court, but you can't ask a, you know his his girlfriend to marry him, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you've got Bruce Wayne, you know, like times ten doing that, you know, like beat the scum of Gotham, and he can't even. He's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, you said one day about we could be together if uh, Batman's no longer needed. Well, now that's happening, so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's his proposal. Anyway. Uh, much more interesting is uh, the Joker going and um, getting people killed, including this judge. I always think this is fucking cool, you know. So he go, he kills, or basically he intends to kill the judge, the commissioner Loeb, and Harvey Dent, right, in one go. And the way he kills the judge is so fucking Yeah, cool. I always, every time I see this, I, I forget about it, where it's like, Oh, this is the lesser you get. This is where, When you open this, this is where you go. And it's like... Yeah, yeah, oh. have a look at this, it'll tell you where you're going. And then opens it and it's just got the word up on it. She and then and then she just looks up and then bang blows up. So fucking good. Uh, I don't think there was a need for a, a million Joker cards flying out of nowhere, but um, you know, still cool. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Gordon goes to you know look after Loeb, but obviously, again, this is suspending your disbelief. Okay, the judge one, perfect. You know, there's no, nothing wrong with that apart from all the Joker cards. But then you've got you know. And while all this is happening, you have him like just decides to have a swig of whiskey, you know, like he's an al- he's a secret alcoholic, you know. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he does establish that he does this every time. Like, it's, I assume this is almost like a routine for him. So Joker maybe well, knows yeah. Well, he's he's inside. he's a pisshead. He's an alky, obviously, right? <laughs> and maybe, uh, maybe yeah, he has and he's like and he shits on Gordon as well. He's like, yeah, you're you're probably never going to find this out, but when you're a commissioner, you know, you get lots of death threats, and you know, this is how I deal with them. Bang, you know. Knocks, knocks, knocks back a whiskey. Yeah, maybe imagine if he, he probably has like several bottles in there. Do you reckon a joke? Like, oh yeah, definitely, man. He's got a whole, he's got a whole like crate down there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's a pisshead, man. Um, but anyway, you know, he 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 either died of the spiked rim of his glass or liver failure. You know that. <laughs> yeah, it could be either one. A joke didn't have to do anything. Send, oh, there's so many threat. convenient things in this film. I think that that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be too far too much of a stretch. You could probably just like floods in with death threats over the years until he killed himself off a liver poisoning. You know, drinking yeah. every time. But uh, but still, what what's really good about these these two particular assassinations is it just shows. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but you know, we we get it in 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 spadefuls basically of how corrupt Gotham is. The fact that they can get this judge, blow her up, and also. Um, you know, get inside the commissioner's office and and you know spike his drink or not spike his drink, but I think they they put something on the rim of his. I'm yeah, actually maybe. I always assumed it was something on the rim that they wipe on it, but now think about it, maybe they just spike the drink. That'd be way easier, wouldn't yeah. it? But then you see, like uh, you see you cut to it later on, and the glass is smoking, right, or the alcohol smoking. So I don't really know. But uh, anyway, and then we get to the Joker showing up at this at this uh this party and you know good evening ladies and gentlemen and, you know it's night's entertainment you get all these and maybe this is the most iconic part yeah. of the truth. i feel like just that very first part like um saying we're tonight's entertainment it reminds me that that has like a callback to jack nicholson's almost this like that just those like first that line 
there's like basically that moment basically um like it's it almost feels like a snapshot of something that he could have said at the time yeah his- yeah 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 because he really he comes up with the, the you know shotgun in the air and then and you just you know you just get him in it really in his element and uh this is probably true that everyone knows about but i understand that this is michael kane Michael Caine had never seen Heath Ledger in his full get-up makeup yeah. and everything, so his reaction was actually real, like of shock, you know, like oh, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, this is the thing. Like that I also found really weird when watching this. Is like I never imagined in my head seeing Michael Caine and like Heath Ledger's Joker in the same room, or let alone face to face, basically when he lets him in. I just, well, like, you never really get, you never actually get to see that, do you? Yeah, I mean, he never gets to say like, oh yeah, you're right, but then. But um, but still, obviously, a very impactful scene. Two people you wouldn't imagine in the same room. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine Michael Caine sat there thinking, "Man, you know, it's time to retire." <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, he, he's going around. He's you know picking up champagne and all this shit. He, he gets the bald guy and plays with his head. I always find that funny. And he and then one bloke goes, you know, oh, we're not intimidated by thugs. And he goes up to him, oh, you remind me of my father." I hated my father and you know he's about to do the knife and do a story but then rachel steps up for some fucking reason and goes yeah okay stop, stop doing that and you know yeah I, oh, again i'm not really buying this you know she's the only one in this entire room that is gonna start although yeah actually if we're if we're remembering her character from batman begins i suppose it does work if, if you're watching the standalone film you're like what the fuck you know but actually Maybe the Kate Holmes Rachel would have actually done this. Maybe it works actually now. Think about yeah, it. I mean, uh, thinking about this as well, like when she's like, because what, like the Joker in, in this, like he plays off of a lot of, um, I think he tears down a lot of like, you know, uh, how do you say, it? like tropes kind of a bit, mm-hmm. uh, where like, you know, he makes fun of like certain things in, in a way. Like, I'm surprised he didn't like say to him, which is like essentially just said to him, oh yeah, stop doing that. He's like, why that why would i ever stop doing that you know like just because you said ask me nicely that's obviously. what i mean this reminds you know jackson joker stabs the guy and then stabs her or something you know or like buzz handshake or something you know it's like this not really you know this scene isn't really joker at all okay it's not joker at all it's it's just you know some kind of psycho dressed up as the joker but it's not you know he's not this isn't you know a, the joker would not go in a room and behave like this Okay, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but you know, Jackson doesn't. Jared Leto doesn't do this. You know, he, he goes and does something a bit psychotic. There's nothing really psychotic about anything the Joker does here at all, right? You know, yeah, uh, kind of. Even if you think of, think back to uh, one of the uh, animated series episodes, right, where um, the Joker he he walks into a similar kind of setting where it's a bunch of rich people. It's the one where he. Um, he gets the uh, the Charlie, what's his name? You know the one where he he he, he um, blackmails that ordinary Joe guy into it. Um, oh, I think so. Yeah. What's his name? Charlie something. Chuckers, whatever. It's 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 probably the best Joker episode uh, from from that series. But is that the one where, where like at the end he's like calling for Batman, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so good. But uh, you know that's that, and the way he enters that situation is like you know from a cake and all that thing. That's a bit more. This is this is very much like just I don't know, just qu- quite ordinary. He doesn't really yeah. do anything. I mean, yeah, come to think of it, the dialogue it is been, great. But it could have been interesting if the they joke. like. You know, uh, had like some sabotage giant package that turns up that like you know even uh, Bruce Wayne's like oh you're like the fuck I didn't order this and then he pops out something like that. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, this is obviously an iconic scene, but it's not, if, you, if we're being honest, this isn't really how the Joker would enter a room of rich people. He wouldn't just walk in there with a shotgun. That's yeah, like, that, like, yeah, yeah that, that entrance is a bit generic, I think. But, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But anyway. It's not, um, it's not a bad scene, but it could have been done better. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. It's, it's an iconic scene. It's fantastic. But is it just, I mean, you compare that actually to an earlier scene where he walks in the room with the, with the mobsters and he's doing very much jokes. So kills the guy with a pencil, grenades, all that shit, you know, a few jokes, a few one-liners. Very good. This is, and, and obviously he, and we never actually see him exit the room, right? Because um, I, I'm just going to skip forward and then come back to it. But, you know, he, he when, when, when this scene is over... Yeah, he's just sat around there. What does he yeah, do? Yeah, what does he do? Whether he just leaves quietly? I don't think so. But Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Is it because he, he was just like, you know, he's going to stand around being like, oh. Like, yeah, his yeah. whole thing well, was to kill Harvey well, Dent. Let's get Harvey to, Dent's in the building. Get, obviously, he's, he's, he's giving a um, another uh, scar story to Rachel. He's like, oh, you know, my wife got cut up by the mob and, uh, you know, I wanted her to feel okay. It's like, you know, when, when someone gets leukemia, so everyone shaves their head to, like, make him feel yeah. better. So he's basically equivalent of that with his wife. He's like, yeah, I cut my own face up so she would feel better about herself. Um, and and then, uh, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, you know, basically knees him in the nuts. And, uh, and he goes, oh, a little fight in you. I like that. And then, love me. And then fucking has a little fight. Very nice. We get a little fucking nod to from Russia with love. Uh, where Joker yeah, he's, that's the immediate. I thought it was Rosa Club knife out the shoe. Literally, literally, and and I, 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 you know what my biggest fear is the fact that people watch this film and think, oh, the Joker coined that, came up with that. Oh yeah, you know, I'm sure that happens. I'm sure that happens. Oh, the, if someone saw a knife shoe, nine people out of ten would go, oh, the Joker. They wouldn't say, you know, from James Bond, unfortunately, but whatever. It's still cool. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then anyway, back, uh, Joker dangles Rachel outside the window and Batman goes, oh, there it go. And he goes, oh, you know, poor Joker. Yeah, I, I do like this. Where it's like, it's, it's a stupid thing that people say a lot. And then he actually brings up, like, you know, what, you know, it's not a very smart thing to say, like very poor choice of words. So he does let her go. Yeah, he lets her go. And Batman jumps out, falls half a mile to the ground on top of a car, doesn't even, doesn't even wind in. Doesn't even wind up. He's wearing ice. Forget Batman. Rachel, yeah? Just an ordinary civilian. Not even winded. Doesn't even, you know... Yeah, it's, not even, it's not even like, uh, what's it called? Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, where she goes through, like, several, like, um, what's it called? Uh, banners or whatever. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. No tarpaulins, nothing to break the fall. No gliding. There's a little bit of cape fluttering, but that's not going to do anything. They hit that... They hit that front of that car it's like they even land in some pillows or a fucking you know uh acme mattress company van going by they slam into the bonnet of a car right and just continue their chat they're just like oh oh wow you okay yeah, let's yeah, not do fine. that again <laughs> yeah oh wow that was uh, that was fun you know like yeah where it just probably would have gone into shock if something like this happened yeah they don't go oh what, what about a joker up there now nah, what you know forget him it's just like oh you know the joker's still up there right no they just sat there just the batman there. like like imagine like if there's a deleted scene where like batman like goes in the lift and then tells joker to leave or something they would break every bone in their body doing that I don't know. That pisses me off. That takes me out of the film. That's like, oh, everyone wants to, you know, like, you know, fucking have a wank over this film or jack off for our American listeners. But, you know, you, you want to go around, this is complete bullshit, you know. Even, even even Joel Schumacher would be 
Wouldn't be shameless enough to do something like this, man. They jump out of a building and they're fine. Absolutely fine. Not a single bruise on them. Yeah. Right? This that, takes that place in every bone in their Wayne. body. You know, this I've seen takes videos. place in like uh, Wayne's gaff, isn't it? Sorry? This still takes place at Wayne Towers, is it? I assume. Oh, uh, no, this is in his penthouse, I believe. Oh, yeah, penthouse. Because one of the and things. Yeah. Um, one and thing again, is... you've just got the Joker up there. You know, what, what's he doing? He's looking out the window and then turns around and. What does he yeah, do? Because the whole thing as well, like the reason why he turned like, up here is to find that. is to find Harvey Dent, right? Yeah. So surely he's still looking for him. He wouldn't just give yeah, up. Yeah, that was Batman also confusing went. for me as well because Bruce Wayne goes and, you know, while Harvey does a shitty proposal, like kind of locks, locks out Harvey Dent. I don't really know. Hides him somewhere, but doesn't. I don't know. And then you see him go into his panic room, and you get these two fucking in one of the rooms, and so it's just like it's. It's a bit confusing for me. It always like doesn't really add up. And if if you just like go along with it, okay. But you know we're being critical here, and if if we're being honest, you know it just doesn't really. It does feel like there's something missing here. Like definitely, definitely, you needed some kind of. I just needed to see the Joker how he exited that room. You know, or whatever. Yeah, or if he like you know he clearly gave up. Like what caused him to? Maybe the police turned up or something. I don't know. It's strange. You know, I could have had a bit of my Alfred Joker dialogue or something. I, I, I don't know. I, I've never heard it that there's a deleted scene of anything like this. Yeah, so, it, like, imagine if there was, like, then, like, there needs to be something that fills, like, like, a, like a minute or two that just, it just, just answers those questions. No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think this, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic scene, but there's some very big question marks over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but anyway. So then we go back to the Batcave. Oh, the the new sort of temporary Batcave, and uh, Alfred basically, uh, you know, Batman's trying to figure out who who the Joker is, and Alfred goes, "Oh, well, maybe he's maybe he's like this guy I met in Burma on back in my army days, whatever." And we get a bit of Alfred origin story, and he tells a cool sort of wartime story about this guy who nicked some uh, nicked some jewels yeah, from some robbers, like, and then give them to kids, and doesn't care because. Some people can't be bought, bargained, or bullied with. Uh, some people just want to watch the world burn, you know, and you get that line. Michael Caine delivers that so well. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant bit of dialogue. Um, yeah, it's you know, so good that everyone that. quotes it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never hear the end of it, but still, you know, it's Michael Caine, you know, I, I can never get tired of him. Um, so anyway, we get that scene, uh, and then we get basically Batman shows up at... So 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 then he's he's on this rooftop and he overhears someone talking about oh go to this building you'll find Harvey Dent there's two police officers with you know Thomas Harvey and John Dent or whatever I don't know some bullshit and um, he did, he goes and digs a bullet out of the wall this scene was always a little bit confusing for me I'm kind of like okay this is just one of them they just inserted it in the film just to get from A to B I think it doesn't really I don't know uh, so he digs a bullet out of this wall somehow and um analyzes it so we i mean i think the whole point of this is just gets from a to b and also you know have batman do a little bit of detective work you know takes the bullet back to the bat cave shoots it with different guns or something like that he's trying to recreate the the bullet pattern reassembles the bullet i don't know it's, yeah so you have the exact uh fingerprint oh, that's right on it. this is really i think a bit stupid because they they gets the fragments of the bullet reassembles it so you can see the fingerprint on it that pushed it into the clip i don't know about that i mean even police <laughs> like, even modern police forensics i don't think can do that but i think that's a 
bit too far. That's. I mean, I mean, I guess it was just to show off like some cool, like uh, you know, like the like the scene in the uh, temporary Batcave where they're shooting like all those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And have a little bit of like you know detective work going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. really, I felt no like chance. they could have done something. They could have like, probably done a better job of that. But anyway, use like any other bit of evidence that maybe they would have left. Perhaps. Yeah, they, they could. Uh, anyway, whatever. It's, it's not like it's not like the Joker doesn't deliberately leave evidence half the time anyway. So. Exactly, and this is like you know, this is what this is what makes it more of a Riddler than a Joker. You know what I mean? This is this is what the, the Riddler would do. I mean, I don't know. So then we get uh, okay. So then we get a little scene here where uh, Reese, Mister Reese, you know that guy from earlier. He uh, he tries to he he basically figures out who Batman is. Okay, he figures out Bruce Wayne is Batman. Okay. Now this is again just something in this film where I'm like, come on, um, because he goes to Fox. To, to obviously blackmail uh, Bruce Wayne or uh, Fox or whoever, right? He's like, I want $10 million a year for the rest of my life to keep quiet. And uh, Morgan Freeman goes, oh, so you think this guy you work for is one of, you know, uh, he's secretly doing this during his nights, beating everyone up, and your plans to blackmail this guy? Yeah, good luck yeah, with that. Reese Cavill people and, like, you know, Gotham slash the world. Yeah. And Reese, and that is enough for Reese to go quiet, but I'm not convinced. Well, there is quite no, temporarily, I guess. Okay, Henry, let me put you in. Let's let's go into Reese's shoes, right? Let's say you're you're this guy. You're working. You're a client of uh, Bruce Wayne or Wayne Enterprise, and you know you're, you're doing a bit of homework on it. You find out. You basically find out Batman is Bruce Wayne. Okay. If it was me, or if it was you, I would like to first to think the first thing you do is give me a call. You go, oh James, guess what I found out? You know. Yeah. You know, or you chat to your, you know, Reese would chat to his wife or to his mate. He thinks about what he's going to say. He bounces ideas off his mate and then goes, and then goes to Fox and goes, yeah, this is what I want, 10 million. He doesn't, I, I'm not convinced, you know. You find out Bruce Wayne is Batman. You definitely tell someone, at least to broker this conversation that you have with Fox. Now, maybe this guy has no friends, to be fair, so, you know. Well, yeah, that's that's being very. And also, good. he's trying to preserve. Pick, but, I, I, mean, I assume in, know, in order to get this ten million a year or whatever he wanted, like he would well, have you to. Know, he goes on the piss later on in his life, and he, you know, and he's he tells someone in the pub, you know, oh yeah, guess what? I know Bruce Wayne's Batman. Surely, surely that he doesn't keep that to himself, no matter what. I don't care what threats or bullshit. Even before that threat is made, he definitely. But, you know, he has to build up to have that conversation with Lucius Fox, right? You know, you're telling someone, you know, Batman is Bruce Wayne. You think about it and you play, you bounce conversation and you rehearse that or something. Yeah, but I think the point is, is like the only the only value he has basically to offer is his silence. And by legitimately keeping silent, he can actually get that 10 million a year, which I think is the point. But he's obviously, Morgan Freeman just shuts that down straight away. Yeah, afterwards he does. But, but... yeah, I suppose maybe. But still, I think I, I'd find then, very By the time, like later on, when he's on TV saying, "Oh, I'm going to reveal yeah, yeah, my identity," yeah. then maybe he's like, he's doing that in order to put pressure on Fox. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe, maybe. I will maybe. do it if you don't pay me to keep silent. You know. Yeah, but uh, that obviously backfires. But uh, before we get to that moment, uh, we basically get to the funeral scene. So Commissioner Loeb obviously is dead. So they do a uh, they do. You know, old school funerals, bagpipes, all that shit, you know. And uh, th basically, this is where everything kicks off. Everything, you know, shit hits the fan here because um, we see all sorts of stuff going on. Batman shows up and he's, um, you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on. You know, he finds those uh, gagged soldiers and everything. And 
egg timer goes up and reveals blind so everyone shoots at him. You get Gordon's there, uh, the May is there, and the Joker is there. So uh, without makeup, and we only see this for you know an absolute glimpse, right? But um, I always found that very strange. That puts me off a little bit because you see the Joker without. I mean, it's cool because obviously it's representing that he's you know he's getting his hands dirty. He's like you know he, he's really about it. He wants to you know see these things through himself. So he attempts to assassinate the mayor, but instead Gordon takes the bullet, right? Yeah, just uh, shot right in the back. That's well, yeah, he shoots him. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, obviously Gordon, you know, takes the bullet for the for the mayor. Um, at the same time, uh, Dent puts Rachel in the car to drive away, uh, and Joker gets away, obviously. And instead, they go and arrest this guy, who is the same guy from Prisoners. <laughs> this creepy guy who's in Prisoners and also in Blade Runner 2049. I don't know if you recognised him. Come on, mate. I'm terrible at recognising actors, man. I don't yeah, even recognise him. I don't know his name or anything like that. Because, you know, he, he basically more or less plays cameos in each of these three films that I recognise him from. But he always plays the creepy guy, this weird guy, in Prisoners and in Blade Runner 2049 and in this film. He's like the unhinged kind of strange, like, Italian-looking guy, man. He's like, you know... Always the, the creepy sort of weirdo. He plays this role so well. He's almost been typecast because, like I say, he does exactly the same thing in Prisoners and, and Blade Runner 2049. Um, two of my favourite films, by the way. I, I don't know if we'll ever get to talk about them on this show, but if I can think of a way, we'll do it one day. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, you know, Harvey Dent basically drives him off in an ambulance to interrogate him. Um... Bat and at the same time, we get Batman going to catch up with Maroney in a club. This is a cool scene, which uh, we get, you know, Batman in the nightclub, beating people up, goes over to Maroney, lifts him up off the table. That's really cool. Um, takes him outside onto the balcony. And you get this cool bit of dialogue where it's like, you know, from one professional to another, you know. Yeah, don't do it from this here. Height, you know, the, the full like, and you go, oh, I'm counting on it. Drops him down, you know, fucking, you hear the ankles break. You're like, fuck. As such, that that makes me like. Oh, that sound editing, man! It makes me cringe. That they won the Oscar just for that sound effect, <laughs> I think. But um, but anyway, yeah. And uh, he goes, oh, you know, the Joker must have friends. Batman's basically still trying to work out the Joker is. Oh, hi, have you met this guy? Da da da. Um, and then at the same time, Harvey Dent is uh, interrogating this uh, this weirdo from from um, from prisoners of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, where he's like, yeah, you know, um, tell me what you know about the Joker. And he starts spinning the coin, you know, to decide this guy's life. And at this point, you still don't know it's a double-edded coin. So it's like, oh, this yeah, is really... Yeah, this is a great part as well, because, like... So fucking cool. I puts, like, yeah, because, like, he puts a gun to the guy's head, and he's like, oh, you won't you won't do it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I won't. And then he's, yeah. he starts flipping the I coin. Wouldn't. You go, I love that. When when Harvey Dent shouts, when Aaron Eckhart shouts, it's so fucking... It's so good. I don't know why. His shouting is brilliant. His face, when he shouts, he's like... He does it, you know, at very choice select moments, but it's like every time, like fuck, you know. He's very good. I I, I love every scene with Two Face in this. Yeah, because he's like, because like his Harvey Dent persona is like, he's like like basically oh, like a well manicured, like basically perfect person until like yeah, when, when everyone's out of sight, yeah. he like goes insane basically at these people. Yeah, it's great. He gets his hands dirty and he's in this, 
And it, the, the the actual location of it is just this, you know, shitty back alley, back alley, gritty sort of, you know, with the revolver and everything. It's, it's proper, you know, proper mafia sort of gangster stuff. And and this is what. And then obviously, obviously Batman catches up with him. He catches the coin, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah, you know, you leave a man's life to chance. He goes, not exactly. Bit of, you know, foreshadowing again. And he goes, yeah, you know, well, if anyone saw this, you know, we'd be finished. Leave this to me and you go and do the good, you know, go and do the, the um, preach the good word, you know, basically. And, um, and yeah. And uh, basically, obviously, because the Joker put out this threat earlier that if Batman doesn't face reveal, then he's going to keep killing people. So this is where Batman goes to Dent and he goes, well, do you know what? Tomorrow you can call a press conference and I'm going to come clean. I'm going to face reveal and basically put an end to all this shit. And now, you know, uh, sorry, uh, Two-Face goes, you know, oh, you know, you can't give in. You can't give in. Does another shout. It's so good. Uh, but Batman walks off. Um, you see him burning all the shit with Alfred. They've got a furnace in this beautiful looking back cave as well for some reason there's a random like <laughs> 19th century furnace in there as yeah, well they all decide, yeah maybe alfred decides to bring it in you know the last <laughs> thing surviving you know yeah that's right um you know and then, the right, they they right little bit well. back and forth you know it's like oh i suppose they'll take me down as your accomplice you know it's like accomplice i'll turn the whole thing's your idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I love every scene that's the best one of the best bits about this entire trilogy Bruce Wayne and Alfred's chemistry, they're back and forth. You know, Mark Kane, Christian Bale's just... I could watch them all day long. I could watch them all day long. Yeah, I could watch, like, a whole film of just them two talking. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, anyway, um, then we get... Uh, basically, Harvey Dent throws this press conference. Bruce Wayne is there, and they're all, you know, going on about, oh, you know... And he does this speech, you know, the, the night is darkest before uh, dawn, but, you know, the dawn is coming... Batman's going to answer, but but whilst not to this terrorist, blah blah blah. And they're like, yeah, he should turn himself in. So he goes, okay, uh, you can arrest the Batman. I am the Batman. And it's like, oh shit, you know that that yeah. Because this is the thing. I I didn't know whether or not he'd actually discussed this with Bruce Wayne because he's obviously there, mm. but it looks like he's about to step up as well, which is the no, thing. No, 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 he I does because he's, and this always gets me, you know. Because I mean, probably not the amount of times I've seen it now, but the first few times I saw, I was like, oh shit, you know, because like. Because literally Bruce Wayne is just about to like, you know, step forward. And obviously they didn't discuss this before, right? Because that would involve Bruce Wayne yeah. telling, you know, uh, Harvey Dent that he is Batman beforehand, which he doesn't. So, uh, you know, Harvey, Harvey Dent's thinking on his feet and goes, yeah, I'm the Batman. And it's so I think that line in particular is just so relevant to deliver. I am the Batman. It's so good. And he's like, you know, gets himself arrested. And it's so good, and it just gives us such it's, a yeah, great... Yeah, it's sort of believable as well that he yeah. would be, you know. You can see how invested in, in he is in, in Batman and, and what he represents, and, you know, I think that's fantastic. And obviously, Michael Caine explains that to Rachel a little bit on later. But uh, I think that's fantastic, you know, just the way he goes, yeah, you know, like, uh, now the Joker's got to show his hand, and um, uh, and, and obviously Bruce Wayne's just like, oh, shit, you know, this is it's one of those moments where... because. Bruce Wayne's one of those characters where he's always in control, and then at this moment it's like shit. You know, the whole thing just flips on its head, and he's just, you know, he's just gone through the process of burning everything, shutting down the Batcave, and everything, and now he's about to go and reveal himself. And obviously, Harvey Dent deprives him of that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, in the midst of all this, uh, Rachel has a chat with Alfred, and he goes, "Yeah, why didn't um, why didn't Bruce do anything?" And because Michael Caine goes, "Well, you know, because obviously." They, Harvey Dent and Bruce, they both believe that the Batman is important. 
and uh, Rachel gives Alfred this letter, which goes on to fucking di- dictate the entire rest of the fucking plots of these uh, the next couple of films. But it gives him gives him a letter about you know yeah give this to Bruce when the time is right. I love uh, you, Bruce. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... And um, you know what? This is the equivalent. Uh, you know, this is the equivalent for me where you get Evergreen. Uh, Evergreen's character, Vesper Linden, Casino Royale, right? Because oh yeah, well they continue, well, they like yeah, use her in every you know, single for film five like... films following it, apart from Skyfall. There's all there's a mention of her. And it's like you know she's only in one film, but then it's just, just this hangover of like oh blah blah blah. Even in fucking No Time to Die, it's like oh you know you get yeah in like yeah in Quantum of Solace, it's meant to be the whole film is him getting over. Her. It's it's you know <laughs> so and this this is basically the equivalent of that where it's kind of like okay yeah great I get it you know you don't need to like build the entire fucking character over someone that isn't even from the comics. Rachel isn't even a real character. It's just some some shoehorned in romantic interest to give Bruce Wayne something to do. It's, uh, I just find that so unnecessary. And, it's, uh, and and again, I wasn't even really very much convinced by... I mean, I said this in the first film, Batman Begins, but even more so for this film. The Dark Knight, I'm not convinced at all by Rachel... Um, and and Bruce Wayne's relationship, they they chem- they have no chemistry. Sorry, I personally think it's better done in Batman Begins, personally. Oh, I thought you said it. Sorry, you said it was better in Batman Begins than in the Dark Knight, right? Yeah, yeah, same. I think so. Uh, you know, in Batman Begins, it's believable, and this is just like it's just there because it has to be. The 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 acting isn't very convincing. I'm not saying Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal's a bad actress or anything like that. She's she's very good, but. Um, the the chemistry with with uh, Christian Bell is not there at all. I think they should have just gone on a few coffees before filming their scenes, and then at least, you know, because it looks like they've never had a chat in their life. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And they're supposed to be childhood best friends for life. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm not buying it at all. That's and so... she's a bit of a diva, by the way. She's kissing Christian Bell, and then Harvey Dent later on. And you're like, oh come on, you know, like. Yeah, she has. Know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like. I just didn't need this character at all. I, you know, I think it kind of drags the... I mean, obviously, the whole fucking plot revolves around her, but... In a way, but... No, very much so, because that's, you know, what... Yeah, well, it revolves around her because it revolves around Harvey Dent. And yeah. And it revolves around her, so... Exactly, but I think that's just... that's her. just um, It's too distracting, and it's too... Like, it's unnecessary, you know? It's just... I don't know. Anyway, and I, I am fucking... I am sure of it. We, I, I don't know if there's a stat for this, and if there is, someone please send that to me on Twitter. But um, I'm sure Rachel is the most spoken word in this film, perhaps in the whole trilogy, more than the Batman, more than Joe, anything. The amount of fucking times I hear the name Rachel, man, and this is for a character that isn't even like a real Batman character, you know. Just it's like you know, fucking Doctor Chase. I mean, I'm, I'm not putting her in that bracket, you know. No disrespect, but it's still, it's just like. It's just this fabricated character for the sake of having a female, you know, <laughs> interest. Just to tick her. the box of we have a love interest. Yeah, it's just not necessary for me. That that's something that kind of holds, but not just this film, but the whole trilogy. Uh, if I have to criticize, you know, this trilogy, which people are so afraid to do, um, this this is a moment where I go, yeah, you know what, uh, I'm not buying it. However, uh, we do get a pretty cool moment here because while, uh, oh, and you know what just occurred to me. Right, because yeah. Harvey Dent gets himself arrested, right, and he gets taken from this courtroom or this press conference room to the police van. Okay, yeah, secure convoy basically. Right, 
and during the exact during however long that takes which i would assume is no more than five minutes rachel goes from witnessing this on live tv in the top and bruce wayne's penthouse which is at the top of the tallest building in gotham to going and meeting him in the back of this van that's a good, that's a good point actually how does she is she fucking a, a, a time traveler or something you know like fucking she got a portal gun you know from rick and morty so it's just like how, how does she get from there to there how long does that take you know, how does she do that? <laughs> I mean, but, this is the thing. Like, there's like there's people like you who watch films, and there's people like me who just don't who don't notice this sort of stuff. The thing is, I've seen this film so many times, and I've seen it guessed up so many times. Where I'm kind of like, okay, this is this is where I'm a bit of a contrarian, and I just go, okay, I'm I'm on a mission to try and bring down this film. You know, <laughs> I want to watch the world burn. <laughs> I don't want people to enjoy the dark night. So yeah, I'm on a bit of a mission here to kind of. This film is great, but. You know, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's not the third or fourth best film of all fucking time, people. Get a fucking grip of yourself if you think it is. If you hate me for it, that's your problem. <laughs> However, we do get to a very nice moment here where, um, you know, Harvey Dent throws her the coin and basically um, reveals that it's a double-edged coin and she goes, oh, you make your own luck. Nice little sign from, from early before. Um and this is where we get to a really fucking great scene now. You know, I've, I've just done a, a, a great big turd on this film, but this is where we get like right back into fucking... One of the best... is seriously one of the best action scenes I've seen in like recent yeah. times. And you know what? I think from this moment till the end of the film, it's just pure, just like bang, bang, oh, bang, bang, bang. Amazing, fucking powerful, iconic, brilliant scenes, okay? Yeah. So I hope... Like, like, this I hope this no entire one, scene... I hope no one switched off this podcast <laughs> when I, after just said this out because now we're really getting into the yeah. Fuck. It's like th this scene is the reason. Like this is what I was thinking of when I was talking about you know this this tumbler versus you know the classic Batman Batmobile. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, I mean this this I think the next hour now this this I think that at this point we're are about halfway through the film. We're about we've got about an hour left, and there's so much still yet to happen. Right, we've still got. The Joker being captured and breaking out and fucking all the shit, the Two-Face stuff. I mean, we've got so much to get through. But from this point on, the film flies by. What, however long is left, this it goes like so quick. Um, and yeah, we get this basically car chase where, uh, I mean, <laughs> such a loose term to give to this scene. But I mean, essentially yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like the Joker's picking off like this convoy, like secure convoy of like... Oh, it's fantastic. But, but yeah. before we even get to the Joker, we get this amazing shot of they're, they're you know they're, they're in this convoy and they their route is blocked by, yeah, a, by fire a burning engine, fire which truck, is on yeah. yeah a burning fire engine of all and, things um, like yeah like if, you know be if they had oh, a bunch of cop cars on fire or like you know an ambulance on fire but a burning fire truck is like yeah, yeah the last thing you need to have on fire like yeah and it's just obviously it's it's just the visual storytelling just a visual summary of the joker you know fire engine that's on fire it's just the irony and the, the cynical the cynicism of it is just um that's that's basically you know that's what it's all about right and and what i like about that particular the way it's filmed is just you get a couple of glimpses of it from a distance and then you get one of the police officers like focusing in on it you see his reaction and then you get to see a close-up of this and you realize exactly what it is and you're like oh shit you know and yeah, then the fact that they it force it also forces them to take a lower route which exactly. means that they're, they're and that, that's that's obviously the plot point of it but it i think the imagery of that is just one of the things that really elevates this film's being having the status that it has because it just has these 
moments like that, these, you know, visual sort of symbols, which just really stay with you and really represent something. Although I am surprised it took until 2008 for someone to think of setting a fire engine on, you know, a light, but no, there know. we are. Joker got to do it. But anyway, Joker himself shows up uh, in a truck which has laughter is the best medicine, but with an S on the front, you know, put the laughter yes. in slaughter, yeah. classic. Um, although I can't help but think of the Simpsons episode where, I don't know if you've seen it, but you get, you know, uh, it's like uh, Homer's in, in the woods or something and he sees like, oh, laughter house. And then like the tree blows and it's like slaughterhouse, you know, like, oh, you know. Um, but anyway. <laughs> The Joker takes out a, uh, you know, he takes out, first of all, a little Uzi, I think, spraying yes. that around, and then he takes out a shotgun, bang, bang, and uh, Harvey Dent's like, oh, you know, he's going to need something way more powerful to get through this and that. Yeah, he asks, this, and then the other goes, oh, yeah, this is totally going to take that. And then he yeah, and then he whips out a bazooka, you know, and uh, that's well, so one cool. thing, One thing I will say, something that slightly bring, that slightly annoys me in this scene is, like, when some of the officers like especially the ones driving say the most obvious things like is that a bazooka and it's like yeah it, it clearly is a fucking rpg we didn't need to be told that yeah i mean come on you, you live in gotham city man you, you're seeing the joke you're seeing the batman for the last three years or nine months where it's like you know you've seen fucking the scarecrow liam neeson fucking gas in the city yeah you really like you really shook by a bazooka i don't know but anyway i think it's just to keep the lower iq part of the audience on, on track you know but um, then you've got the, uh, basically, yeah, he fires a couple of shots from the bazooka. Yeah, he blows up a couple of cop cars. Yeah, yeah. that's right, you know, and uh, and then, we, you know, he's loading up the third one to take out Harvey Dent. And at this exact moment, the tumbler shows up and takes the bullet, basically, takes the bazooka, which is pretty cool. Because, you know, you get the, the tumbler basically sacrificing itself for, uh, for Harvey Dent. He's obviously oblivious to what's really going on because he's handcuffed in this in this vehicle, so he doesn't really know what's going on here. But it is very cool. Um, and obviously, we get a little bit of you know, we get two kids in the car like pew, pew, and then you know, fucking cars actually exploding. Which, by the way, you know, obviously this is the scene quite quite a famous scene where uh, the 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 tumbler becomes the bike basically. You've got the, the you know you've got Siri in there going oh you know. Uh, yeah, critical critical failure, damage, critical you know? failure. yeah, it's just like you know, it's explaining furthermore what's going on. Like, yeah, we can see what's going on it's here. Like, oh yeah, do you know that this uh, after taking RPG and crashing, <laughs> this thing's really damaged. You know. Yeah, actually, uh, come to think of it, it's beyond repair. Come to think of it, let's self-destruct. Uh, you better get in that bike you've got out in the front, which is really fucking cool. I must say, like, yeah. Is a cool transformation. I mean, I think the first time I saw this, I was like, "Oh shit, that's great!" Because it, it does look a bit strange, apparently. In the fact, and I, I don't know how. At one point, at what point they decided to do this? Because I'm sure the first time they designed the tumbler, they didn't intend to have a bike in the front of it. But um, I mean, the fact that the weapon system makes them go down and do that, maybe they've already thought of this beforehand. Maybe. Good but point. they hadn't designed it. It's it's said on IMDb. It's supposedly called the Batpod, and I'm like, yeah, 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 because oh, it would be a crime to call it the Batmobile, and it, it would be a crime to call it, you know, what it actually is, wouldn't it? Fuck you, Chris Nolan, man. But yeah, apparently, um, apparently, Chris Nolan had this built in his garage as well. Yeah, of course he did, man. Chris, uh, I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, maybe he stole it. But one one thing about this thing, they never let Christian Bell anywhere near this, just like with the tumbler, you know. Um, they oh. had only have one stuntman who could stay on it. Huh. Well, fair so, enough. 
Um, I think it's, it's and um, probably of all the vehicles we get in this trilogy, the Bat Bike is definitely my favourite, or the Bat Pod. Sorry, Chris Nolan, man, if I fucking change change your vision of Batman, but um, it is the Bat yeah. Bike, and uh, and this is my favourite vehicle because obviously, future spoilers, we get the Bat in the Dark Knight Rises, which looks dumb as shit in, in my opinion but um you know we get the we, and the tumbler we already know i'm not really a huge fan of that but we get the uh the bat pod here bat bike and you get you know driving through a shopping center and that's pretty cool you get these kids by the way i am i am like i'm questioning how he doesn't kill anyone because he's like shoots up a bunch of cars right and you know we see there's literally two kids chilling in their car right so it's like how are they not you know yeah Pretty good, you know. There could easily be something in any of those other cars. And okay, yeah, you have to think like maybe it's like half car anyone. park, half like driving lane. I'm not sure, but it's yeah. very questionable. <laughs> like you know, Batman's health and safety regulations on this. You know, <laughs> and, and come to think of it, the fact he's like, oh yeah, I won't use guns, but you know, he has the mounters on. Oh the back yeah, that's there, right. So. Two massive like fucking guns right on the front of his bike there. But okay. Um. So anyway, I mean, what we do get is a very cool, you know, the wheels turning on it, which I think that's so cool because there's a bit where he goes up on the building and then spins around and all that shit. That's, yeah. that's super cool, super like sci-fi stuff there. Uh, I think that's brilliant. Uh, basically, the uh, the convoy in the meantime has uh, has surfaced back up to... Um, yeah, you know, it's basically just a SWAT truck at this point, right? That's right. Uh, they get a bit of, you know, to get a bit of aerial support, but uh, obviously the Joker's anticipated this somehow where he has some goons on the balcony ready to go with some... Just the right height, you know? Yeah, again, you know... I mean, to I be think... fair, the, the people who are flying, who are passing the chopper, they, they won't be able to see that, probably. No, 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 I'm not saying that, but I'm just like, okay, the, the fact that, that, that Yeah, okay, okay, the joke is, all right, okay, so he's planned this convoy to come through, and he's got the burning truck there, and then he goes down, and then he knows they're going to come up here, and the helicopter's going to be there, and he's got his goons ready with the python guns, like... I don't know. And and by the way, this is all part of his great scheme to get captured. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry if this is your favourite film and you're expecting me to jizz over it, but uh, not my I style. Mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is such, I will say it's such a cool scene. I always love this chase. Oh, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying... I mean, uh, there, there is one thing that does, again, with the fucking drivers, pisses me off when they when he says, like, this is like something that you, you expect to hear oh, about yeah. our Marvel film when like yeah. the helicopter's coming down. He's like, "Oh, that's not good," and it's like, and then I thought that's bad enough. And he's just, "Oh, that's really not good when it like crashes on the floor." Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Really, like, a bit unnecessary. This is not something a police the police officer would say, you know. Especially like a seasoned SWAT officer that lives in the same city as Batman. Maybe it's like his first day on the job. Who knows? <laughs> but even then, man, I think you know what you're getting into when you sign up for the GCPD in this in this universe. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it is cool. They bring down this chopper. That Dangerman, that's fucking amazing. Um, and then we get one of the most famous scenes. Uh, again, really iconic scene here. Maybe the most actually. Now I come to think of it, we've, we, this is probably in the top three, along with you know Joker's introduction and uh, Joker and the party. Joker and the party. Yeah. And now we get Batman um, makes the goes under the truck and makes it flip over. And uh, that's that's obviously very cool. Yeah, especially as the fact that I think, like, basically the, everything goes silent as soon as it does that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. You just get to hear, like, the creaking and everything, and then it just yeah, smashes yeah. on top. You just hear the whoa, bang, slaps onto the, onto the, 
onto the onto the ground. That's that is super fucking cool. Great audio work in this. Joker, you know, gets out of there without a scratch on him. Obviously, hasn't been crushed to death. No, he hasn't. You know, he's he's right as rainy is. He's fine. Um, Batman is going, you know, going to run him down, and then he goes, yeah, you know, starts, yeah, he wobbles. He's maybe got a little bit of concussion. He's like, oh, you know, come on, I want you to, I want you to, come on, hit me, hit me. And uh, Batman fucking doesn't hit him. You know, obviously pusses out, punks out. You know, you play a game of chicken, and he punks out. And basically, knocks himself out, which is pretty dumb. Um, obviously, this is obviously all part of Joker's plan. No question about it, because uh, Joker goes to unmask him, and then you know the police officer gets him, you know, at gunpoint, and he goes, "Oh, just give me a minute here, bang!" And then fucking Gordon, he's alive, man, takes off the mask, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah that's the you son of a bitch, so good." <laughs> when so I watched, good, when I watched this the last time, I was like, "Oh man," because when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, they didn't actually just kill Jim Gordon, did they?" And I was like, "I was like, because thinking, because I couldn't quite remember if he returned in Batman, uh, sorry, in in the Dark Knight Rises." Oh yeah. So I was like thinking to myself, "Oh shit, they actually killed him. I liked that. I wants to see more of him." I don't know how I've forgotten this because, like, oh, that's brilliant. That was and then when I saw it, it's like, oh, I just, shit. It had like the same effect on me again because, oh, that's brilliant. I wish this, I had that. This, thing, the, this is my advantage. I've seen so many times. Like, I'm so used times. to this trilogy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just nothing, nothing really does it for me anymore. But, um, and it pulls a good surprise like that, you know. Oh, yeah, that must have been great seeing it the first two, three times. I mean, so we, uh, I, I'm a, maybe, maybe this is my problem a little bit. I, I never, I don't think I ever really had a full, like, powerful experience watching this film because just I, I don't think the first time I watched it I watched it properly and I was so young as well but then also I was kind of like you know I just watched it in bits and here and there and from other people da, da, da. so I don't know but um because we skipped over it before where Gordon basically the police go and tell his family that he's dead you know and his wife is blaming Batman and all that shit it's like wow you know pretty uh, pretty impactful but anyway Gordon is uh, alive and well he arrests the Joker uh, they take him back to, um, you know, back into custody where uh, he's laying out all his knives, which is a really, 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 really cool scene. Oh, I love this bit. This is this is probably my favourite bit of this Heath Ledger Joker thing, you know, because he's like putting all his knives down and they're talking about, yeah, he's got no, uh, you know, all his clothing is custom made. He's got no uh, fingerprints, no, no dental records, dental no, records yeah. nothing, you know. No retinal eye patterns. You know? Yeah, no, you know, urine samples or anything like that. <laughs> so um so yeah how the jokers achieved that i'm not too sure because i don't know i think back to a film like uh like seven where they do that right and the john doe guy and that's kind of where it shows that would be achievable but um i don't know like and 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 i want to ask you henry actually like what is your theory on on the jokers because i've seen so fucking many Joker origin theory stories of you know Heath Ledger's Joker obviously some that he's a soldier some that he's whatever like what, what do you think like I don't what? know I haven't actually you know just despite what you may have thought I actually haven't read many of these uh you know theories about Heath Ledger's Joker I kind of when I come into this film I just accept it at face value like it doesn't necessarily really matter as what happened beforehand because they don't expand on it much so I guess they just leave it to your imagination but that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not. It's not really important what happened beforehand. All you need to know is this is how he is, because imagine if they took like you know half an hour to set that up at the beginning, because then a lot of like a lot of the best parts about the Joker is the mystery behind his you know origin story. Because if you spell it out, then it kind of loses some of that magic, you know. 
That's true. That's true. I mean, it doesn't really with Jack Nicholson's, but that's because it's like you know the comic book portrayal. Yeah, that's the thing. It's funny, you know. There's 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 these two avenues that you go down with the joke, and I'm kind of just it's it's dawning on me now, pretty much, where you have basically you have the because they're both comic accurate in a sense where you've got because if you think about the Mark Hamill Joker, right? That's kind of like maybe the most full stop accurate Joker there is, and you never get to hear his origin story, right? Uh, except sort of in the Killing Joke, but even then it's only you know that. But I mean, with this with this Joker, right? There's a lot of I saw a theory where it's like, um, you know, th- this Joker he used to he's like a war veteran. That's why he went nuts, you know. That's why he hates society because uh, he meant he's like you see him early with the with the gun, right? Uh, at the funeral where he's like he's obviously military trained, and then later on he goes he just mentions uh, a truck full of soldiers got blown up, and he kind of like. But even though he says it, it's like I always took it as quite a throwaway, like, throwaway line. People really read into that one and go, oh, maybe he was on that truck and all his mates got blown up and that's why. Yeah, but I think it's in like, what's it called? But do you, do you, what do you think of that theory? I mean, or I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel as it's like the fact that uh, Chris Nolan made the decision to like have him say like three different stories. Or yeah. Like, is yeah. that like, it doesn't really matter which one you take. It just, it, like there are several ways you could go about this will create someone like this, I guess. I mean, it's the point is, is that's not, in my opinion, it's not necessarily that important for this. Like I said, that's true. But then I don't know, like if you're, intense... go, if you're gonna go down that route, then it's very like plausible. Okay, so like you get that, we get that in a later film with Wacken Phoenix as Joker, right? So you get that origin story, and it's like you know, that is very plausible way of how Heath Ledger would have come to pass, right? Heath Ledger's Joker, um, that kind of thing, basically. I, I agree with you in terms of the different origin stories and everything that's Chris Nolan. But I think the point of his character is that this is someone who, in Gotham or in that society, that's how they've turned out. Okay, so I don't know. It's just this social message that you're trying to convey with the Joker, and it just doesn't doesn't. I don't know. Anyway, so we get back to uh, basically Joker's been arrested. Uh, he's in he's in his cell. Jim officially becomes commissioner. That's right. That's right. Gordon gets promoted. Uh, you know, you're Commissioner Gordon now, and everyone's like, yeah, you know, shaking his hand and patting him on the back. Everyone's clapping, Joker. including Joker. Joker's yeah. sarcastic clap, which is always uh, quite good. And then we get, fucking hell, this is, I think, the fourth or fifth time I'm saying it now. This, this, this is the most iconic scene, okay? Forget what I said before. This is it. The interrogation scene, right? So, you know, we get Gordon in there with the Joker, and he's like, oh, you know, um... What's he saying? He's like he's talk, talking about all this shit. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, good cop, bad cop. If we're gonna do this, I need to go get coffee. And uh, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go get coffee. He's like, oh, is this gonna be the good cop, bad cop routine? He's like, not exactly. You know. Yeah. Closes the door, then fucking Batman slams his head on the table and then punches his hand. I don't know who punched his hand, but uh, it's because like um, it's because it's a uh, joke says, oh yeah, never start with the head because you know the victim gets all like fuzzy and so on, but then. He, and then he won't be able to feel the next, and he punches him in the hand, and be like, and then he stops talking. I don't know, just uh, whatever. So then, uh, and, oh yeah, the one line he has, he has a really good line with Gordon. I was trying to remember it just now, where he goes, uh, you know, what's the time? It's like, what does it matter? It's like, uh, well, depending on the time, Harvey could be in one place or several. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Which, and you're like, oh fuck, you know, that's a fantastic line. That's a fantastic line. That's one of the best Joker lines for sure, you know. Um. So anyway, he has a chat with Batman in this well-lit room where Batman just looks silly again. Because 
I don't know, I just can't get over it, you know, when he's in like a really well-lit room and you just have his mask and you see his little eyes there and it just looks kind of a bit silly, you know. No, no, I, don't, I personally don't think it looks that bad. because I don't care about that. that, really puts, that, that takes me out of it, to be honest. But, I mean, you um, do get to have a good inspection of him, but that's about it. Yeah, but I think it's not, it's, you know, it's the point of the Batman, he's meant to be operating in the night and stuff. I mean, you have him in a well-lit room, which happens so often in this film, it's just kind of like, oh, I just takes you out of it a little bit. I mean, but, um, to extract that much out of um, out of Joker in this, because he is like the other people outside. He just keeps constantly beating him up, and he's like, everyone is like, yeah, he's losing control of the situation, basically. Well, yeah, Joker's basically winding him up and basically giving him this whole like, oh, you know, you're just a freak, just like me. When they don't need you, they'll cast you out like the leper. Blah blah blah. Does all these like oh, amazing lines that have spawned a whole fucking generation of fanboys, and. Um, <laughs> You know, he basically goes, oh, you know, uh, oh, I don't want to kill you. You complete me. Spoofs Jerry Maguire, basically. Um, and then Batman fucking loses it because Joker flips it on him because he's like, oh, you know, um, uh, you know, you won't have a chance of saving them. And then he goes, what do you mean them? And he goes, oh, well, the way you threw us yourself after I really thought you were Harvey Dent. And, he, and then Batman snaps. He's like, oh, fucking, you know, where's Rachel? Doesn't give a fuck about Two Face now. Now it's all about his, you know. Well, he's like, where are they? Yeah, now he's got his dick hard and he's like, oh, where's my girlfriend, man? That's not my girlfriend. And um, yeah, where where is he? Bang! And he's like, he's beating the shit out of it. He's beating seven shades of shit out of the Joker now. Um, I really wonder how, like, you know, the Joker like takes all this. I mean, Joker's maybe... brilliant. He just keeps winding him up. He's like, you know, killing's making a choice. Bang! You know, you got to break your rule. Bang! You know, he's like, fucking, so good, man. Um. And then he goes, okay, don't worry, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, Harvey's at this address and she's at this one. And obviously uh, Batman is like, uh, yeah, okay, let's get them. I'm going for Rachel. Gordon goes for Harvey Dent. Uh, in the midst of all the chaos, we're basically seeing Harvey and Rachel waking up in their respective rooms where they're both, you know, um, tied to a chair with oil drums around them. And, um, you know, with detonators and, and, a, and a radio between each other. Yeah, right, talkie. And this is very, very, very like amazing, well written, well filmed. This is a really amazing scene where, uh, you know, and it's quite emotional as well because they're basically like, they kind of know they're going to die, but then hoping they're not. So they're like trying to, it's like very like powerful kind of scene here. Um, and basically it culminates in, uh, in uh, Rachel going, you know, well, if so, just in case something happens, yeah, I will marry you. Um, Oh, not even that. Even she. They, 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 I don't know why they're so afraid of these fucking words, man. They're just like, yeah, you know what? From what you said before, my answer is yes. What to a latte? No, no, no. To get married, you know, like that one, you know. I don't know. It's just like, anyway. So, so anyway, they agreed to get married, and it's like all emotional and shit. And then, bang, plot twist. Batman shows up to where he thinks Rachel is, but Joker fucked them and you know flipped them on each other, and uh, Batman saves Harvey Dent instead. Now. This is a question I've got for you, yeah, and it's a question that I really don't have the answer to because obviously the Joker deliberately flips them, but does he do that because he knows Batman would go for Rachel and save Harvey Dent instead? Does Joker know that Rachel is further away than Harvey Dent? So, you know, whichever one Batman goes for, it would be quicker for him to reach the other one, basically, like, I don't know. Because obviously, I, I don't know if, if Joker knows that Batman would get to a location before the police. 
But is is that really the case? Is that I, I don't really know. Do, do you know I mean, what I'm trying I think, to say? I think Joker knows, and these films have established that Batman is like you know he operates more efficiently than the police anyway because you know he's a multi-billionaire. Of course he can. Okay. But like, uh, I, I I always imagined it as he did it deliberately so that he would go for Rachel, but it ends up actually having Harvey Dent so that it would create some resentment between him and Batman and so on and so forth. Yeah, okay, okay, that works That's for me. That's how I always thought, I didn't even know you could really think of any other one. <laughs> yeah, that works for me. I just question the fact that it's like, well, is that really how, because, you know, I don't know. He must have picked two locations that were just, you know, Harvey Dent's one was like, you know, a mile away, and then, you know, Rachel's one is a mile and a half away, and it's just enough so that you wouldn't be able to get there on time. But then, I don't know, the timing is very important, because Joker never gets the time, does he, right? So how does he actually know, how does he time it so perfectly, you know? These, these are the things I kind of just question a little bit, you know, being the kind of guy that I am. Um, so anyway, uh, where do we get to? So yeah, basically... Yeah, yeah. Um, basically saves Dent. Oh, 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 before we get there, yeah, Joe, I think it's important to mention, you know, obviously Two-Face, he's trying to get his way out of it, and then... I think this is such a very this is such a great way of interpreting the half, you know, fucked up side of him, right? Yeah, he falls half. He yeah, falls he falls because he, he falls over on his chair, he tips over, and he's got his face coated in the wall. And I think I like the way they film it, where it's you know they turn it ninety degrees, so it looks like even though he's on the floor, it's like horizontal, so it's you know, but then it's vertical, so like the oil's like dripping down. It's it's cool. I just like the way they did that. I don't know, I'm not too sure why, but uh, it, it it works nicely there. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, Harvey saves, uh, sorry, Batman saves Harvey. Uh, Gordon obviously fails to save Rachel, so she blows up. And, um, and obviously, you know, uh, Harvey's one does blow up, but while he's outside, but then a little flame sort of goes on his face and burns half of it, which is fucking crazy, man, because he's like flailing there, and Batman's like, what the fuck, you know, like half of him's on fire. It's so fucking good, man. Yeah, you think Batman would like, with all his gadgets, you know, he'd have a little like bottle of water on him or something, you know? <laughs> well, still, uh, yeah, I guess. But I mean, I think Batman was probably still quite in shock at the fact that Rachel wasn't in there and Harvey was instead. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, you know, it's it's a very like. It's, and did it get you? Like, did you remember the fact that Batman saved Harvey? Like, what, what oh yeah, I, I remember that. Okay. And that must have been pretty good seeing the first time for, for anyone. I, I don't know. Just like wow, you it's know. Like, it's all like do you remember? Oh, well, Two Face in this film, so obviously he saves him. So you know. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true, but, but anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, in the midst of all this chaos as well, um, Joker makes his escape from GCPD, and he does so by, like, winding up the cop that's guarding him, which is fucking brilliant. I love the way he does it. And this is, again, one of my favourite Joker lines where he goes, um, you know, you want to know why I use a knife? Guns are too quick. You can't savour all the individual moments. Yeah, and he's uh, like, oh, you know, which one of your friends are cowards? Oh, it's so good the way he pisses him off, you know. And this is where he's, like, just manipulating people because he goes, you know, oh, um, you know, in their last moments, you get to see who people really are. So, in a way, I knew your friends better than you ever did. Do you want to know which of them are cowards? Oh, and he opens it up by going, how many of your friends have I killed? Six, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, he, and he, the he way he mouths it. Wow, it's so good, and yeah, do you want to know? But like, yeah, I like this as well, like because uh, this guy wants to like beat the shit out of him, but then he's like, obviously, yeah. when I think uh, Batman smashes face into a mirror or glass or whatever, like he's got a shard from it, he's holding this guy, like, well, sharp. oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, you're right, yeah, it's brilliant. And just the way Joker, I think this is one of 
this is probably what, you know one of my favorite bits of the Joker, if not my favorite, because he has this really good speech about why he uses a knife instead of gun. Obviously, you know, a lot of people in London would relate to that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, uh, he, he gets him by the by the thing, and he's like, yeah, like he just overpowers people by psychologically manipulating them. I think that's fantastic. This is a really great demonstration of how he does that. I don't know if that's so Joker-like, to be fair, but uh, I think this is one scene where he really pulls it off. Um, and obviously, in amidst all this as well, part of Joker's plan to escape is this fat guy in, in the uh, in the cell who has a phone in him. This is proper gr- like gruesome, man. This is where you get like into some really like I don't know how this film passed as a twelve A, man. This is definitely a fifteen because like I remember watching this the first time. There's a bit we'll come to later, a very obvious bit, but this this guy, you know, when they take the shirt off him, he's got this huge fucking scar going down in this wound, and it's like you see the phone light up in him, and you're like, fuck, you know. Yeah, also one of the things that I wondered, like. That I don't quite understand in this. Like when he when like the Joker rings this phone, obviously everything blows up. Yes. Where did he rig this? For, like, oh. did he, like yes, did his like mates like sneak in some barrels of you know red explosive barrels into like the police station or something? What was it rigged up to? That's why. Well, that's why I always wonder. Because yeah. obviously this is part yeah, of like, you know, escape from the building, but like. Well, do you know what I was about to question? Right, this is the the probably the biggest bone I have to pick with this entire film, just in terms of it like just being ridiculous. But now you've just added on another bit to it. Yeah, what the fuck blows up there? I I, I kind of want I I I don't know for some reason I seem the fat guy has some explosion explosions. Like, there are like several explosions though. It goes through like all yeah. the windows and everything. Rips through the whole building. And furthermore, this is the bit I was about to point out, which I thought you were about to, but now you've just added in that extra bit for me. Like, yeah, what the fuck did explode there? But um, Joker's the only one who doesn't get taken out by this explosion. Everyone on the fucking floor goes down like a sack of potatoes, and he's just like, oh. Well, well, to be fair, maybe for him, he, like, while he was getting his phone call, he must have, like, gotten into some sort of, like, I I own a very safe spot, because he's obviously the only one who knows this place is about to blow up. But he's yeah, but still, still, like, it, I mean, does it kill everyone in there? No. Does well, it, it causes enough chaos for him to get out, surely, so. Yeah, but, you know, the, uh, let's say you're a cop in that building, right, in that floor. You know, one of the many holding, you know, have, have a gun pointed at Joker. They duck down because they hear this explosion, and then they just get right back up. And they just, you know, stop the Joker, they shoot him or something, and then the film's over. I don't know, but they don't. I assume when he's like, yeah, holding this guy at like knife yeah. point or whatever, that they don't like. Obviously, some time transpires between that guy, the phone going off, and him actually getting the call because they'd take him to like one of their pay phones or whatever, wouldn't they? No, so they, probably... they throw him a mobile phone. They throw him the blower, and he makes the call on the spot. It happens there and then. Oh shit! Yeah, maybe right. I, I really do have a terrible memory, man. But why like, is it? Why is he the only point. one that isn't affected by this explosion? I know he sees it coming, but the very worst is going to be is stunned by it or surprised by it. At which point you just stand up again and then take him down, and he just know. and then he well, just has the free range of the building because he goes and on and escapes Lau as well, doesn't he? Just with his keys and everything. Uh, I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess maybe that would also. And that's on top of me not even realizing where do those explosions come from. I mean, this might release a bunch of criminals at the same time as well. Who knows? Like maybe they cause chaos. I don't know. No, it doesn't make any sense. There, there are, yeah. Again, it's another one of those things that like, yeah. And just the fact that, oh, this is all Joker's plan. He's thought all of this out. Okay. Anyway. Um, because Gordon makes the point of going, oh, Joker planned all this along. He wanted to get captured all along, you know? So 
basically everything from I don't know. It's just a bit far fetched. Although to be fair, one of the things is like obviously this is all convenient that that happens, but Joker at basically every point in this film is like he doesn't care if he dies or not really. So whether or not that I think the fact these plans in a way are kind of so flimsy is that like to him it doesn't really matter if they work or not because he doesn't care if he dies. He just wants to fuck everything up. Yeah, that's true. And I think obviously I'm uh, what I'm doing is I'm being very cynical, right? When when approaching this film because obviously the point of the film is the really impactful sort of. Um, moral dilemmas and emotions and social experiments and things they're exploring by using this vessel of a character that is the Joker, right? And they're just, you know, exploring all these kind of things. And that's obviously what this film gets raved on about so much. But when you do pay attention to these little flaws in the, you know, when, when you actually sit, you, when you sit down like we are now and you go, okay, actually think about how that would happen. It's bullshit. No. And I think Chris Nolan does that a lot in his films. Chris Nolan is obviously a fantastic, um, you know, director, legendary director. I'm not, you know, saying anything about him, but, you know, he's very good at that. He's very good at getting away with things that others wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? And, and, I, and I'm here to make sure that he doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of films that you could say this with as well, like, you know, with Skyfall with a very similar thing. How the fuck did, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Silver and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. But these are at least in... In, in kind of universes like Lord of the Rings and Marvel and stuff where it's like it's not taking itself particularly seriously in terms of, in, in the same sense that the Dark Knight is and Chris Nolan they, they, their whole goal is to make Batman as realistic and as dark and as gritty as possible so if you're going to set that standard and then break that standard many times you, you can't expect to get away with it all the time but everyone that loves and rates this film never mentions that I am the first person I've ever heard mention these things. And you know how it talks about this film is, right? So everyone goes on about this film. I've never heard someone sit down and point out the flaws in it. This is why the millionth podcast is a little bit different, ladies and gentlemen, because we go where people, others are afraid to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is going to make you go into witness protection as well. Yeah, now I'm going to get my own little joker. Yeah, Joker's going to call you out, and then all his fanboys are going to call me out, so... Fun well, he's dead now, so you know what can he do? If Dark Knight Rises episode is delayed. You'll know why. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, where were we? So yeah, Batman saved Harvey Dent, but kind of half because his face is on fire. Then he's uh, in hospital. <laughs> oh yeah, now no. Before we get to hospital, we get uh, Rachel Michael Caine reading Rachel's letter. And you get a nice little montage of uh, Joker in the police car with his head out the window like a dog. Very famous scene. Mm. Um, you get, you know, Batman at the uh, where Rachel died. So he picks up her coin or his coin, whatever, um, which is burnt on the other side, uh, which is obviously pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he's there and he's like, you know, you're hearing this letter where Rachel's going, oh, Batman, you know, I love you, but uh, I actually love Ray Harvey more. So, yeah, thanks, no thanks, you know. Although, to be fair, one thing I do like from this as well is she calls back to the last thing basically she said to him and Batman begins with, like, you know, you talked about, you know, a time when uh, I could yeah, basically yeah. I could be with you when Gotham would no longer need Batman. But at this point, I feel like there will never be a time where you no longer need Batman, which yeah. is like a good thing, I think, in this. But that's like rising a bit more off of something that was written in the previous film. Oh yeah, definitely. And obviously it's, it's important, the emotional significance of it. We see Batman actually grieving there, you know, 
he gives Harvey Dent his coin as well. You know, well, I mean, Harvey Dent's you know knocked out in the in the uh, in the. We see him get admitted into hospital, and uh, you That's know, like Batman, his personal possession though. So they get yeah, it. yeah. Batman leaves leave him leaves him his coin with with you know with half of it burnt up. Batman just casually strolling into the hospital, by the way, but you know, let's not let's not dwell on that. Lest I, you know, break down this film. I mean, um, yeah, well, Rob, I, yeah. do you I remember guys when back? he's in a, a well lit room? He looks a bit funny, you know. Yeah, um, but also like, you know, does, how does Batman get in the hospital? Does he just stroll in and just, oh yeah, and I, I'm here to see Harvey, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, whatever. Um, so so yeah, he leaves him the coin. And then he's obviously grieving there. He's holding his Batman cowl and he's like, oh, did I do this? You know, is this all my fault? And Alfred goes, no, mate, you know, this is all right. Don't worry about it. This, this shit happens. You know, you spat in the faces of the criminals and you thought, you know, there wouldn't be death. It's like, oh, but Rachel, blah, blah, blah. Rachel's the most important thing of everything in the world, you know, obviously. Yeah, Alfred's the only one who understands, basically. <laughs> Alfred's great, man, because earlier on, and Alfred is fucking right the whole time, because Alfred goes on to him earlier, and he's like, yeah, well, Batman, you need to endure, don't give up, you know, don't reveal yourself, you need to endure. Just like that guy in the woods, you know, like, um, and this is where we actually, you know, get the ending to that story, because uh, Bruce goes to Did Alfred. Did you ever catch him? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, what did you do with that guy? You caught him in the end. He's like, yeah, we burned down the forest. So good. Uh, and also, Alfred takes away the letter, you know. Um, so, uh, so anyway, go, go and that's very fucking important for, for Batman, obviously. We'll, we'll come back to that, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you don't forget about that letter. Whew. Yeah, don't forget about Rachel. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, Ledger, Joker, who? I'm sorry, what's this film about? Yeah. So, anyway, um, oh, yeah, and uh, then, oh, yeah, then we get a really, really, really powerful moment where I'm like, oh, this is for me one of the best moments in the film, just this little moment where. Dent wakes up in hospital and he looks over and he sees the, um, you know, the coin and he picks it up and, and to be fair, this is the, the first, watching this film, this is the first time I kind of realized like when he picks up the coin and he looks at the good side of it, he, you know, obviously remembers Rachel. You get a little flashback of when he tossed her the coin. And was that the last time he saw Rachel? It may well have been. I, I assume it must have been. been. Because you're like, shit, so much happened between now and then. But yeah, that must have been. Because between that moment where he gives her the coin, he goes in the truck, Joker gets arrested, and Harvey gets kidnapped, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was the last time he saw Rachel. And then obviously he has a chat with her over the, over the walkie-talkie. Um, so that's really nice. But then obviously he turns it over, sees it burnt up, and remembers that she's dead. So, um, so then he goes, oh, you know, and then and then he goes mental, you know, like, and then you see him like go crazy, and then he rips off that bit of his, you know, thing. But you don't see the face yet. You don't see the yeah, face. You, you, it's really... like, like uh, they don't have his actual screen there, but you can see him obviously. Ooh. And um, yeah, they, they really make you wait for it. And anyway, uh, yeah, and basically Gordon goes in and visits Harvey Dent. Oh, and, such a good part as well. Yeah, this is amazing because you guys. Like, it's you know, so it's it's like so like because of he like again I'm I'm not, not shitting on Heath Ledger but because of Heath Ledger's Joker this is like so overlooked. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but, I completely I completely agree. And you got you know because he goes you know you get the bill up and this is where oh you know Chris Nolan allows the actual name of a character to be announced you know where he goes oh you know what what, what was it they call me back in your department oh. Oh, I don't know, you know. And it's like, it's like oh, say it, say it. Yeah, you get another 
Aaron Eckhart shouting, it's so good. And he goes, oh, you know, Two-Face. Harvey Two-Face, yeah. And then he looks over, but you don't get to see it. And then he just turns back just, you know, before you get to have a good look at his face. He's like, oh, why should I hide who I am? And you see Gordon's reaction before the audience gets to see it. And you're like, oh, fuck, you know, you must be fucked up. And uh, and then Gordon goes, you know, I'm sorry, mate. And he goes, oh, you're not sorry, not yet. And then you see his face. And this is where the 12, 13-year-old James got scarred for life, man. I think this is this is why I watch these like you know um, just gore videos with such little you know reaction because yeah, I, I saw this. this at such a young age. This Harvey Dent face, I was so like that's the scariest thing I ever saw in my life, man. Like this is way too much to show a twelve or even like you know a young. You know, I can't believe this got away with the twelve A fucking rating, man. This is like fifteen. Yeah, they knew how much money they make from it though. <laughs> That was way. I mean, it's it's good. Like, and now I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, that looks sick. But like, whoa, watching it as a kid, I was like, what the fuck, man? That's one of the things, though. I mean, his eye, a... his eyeball is like right out the socket, man. I'm like, fuck. This one that really impacted this... me from a young age, man. Like, it's a little the thing. It's like a little bit of a nitpick, but like, how the hell does like Harvey Dent survive? Like, yeah, he's not getting skin infection or any shit, man. Yeah, like his eye like, would like dry up, like literally. Yeah, because he doesn't even have an eyelid, man. He doesn't even blink. It's shit. Yeah, that is stupid. Yeah, his mouth is missing as well. Like, you know, I don't know. How does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he's... Like, he doesn't live for much longer anyway. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, true. But there's no way he walks around the rest of the film like not dying from that because yeah gordon goes oh yeah uh, yeah you refuse to take um skin grafts or anything but it's like yeah it, it, it is fucking stupid but i think the shock value of it is so much that you just like you forget about it, right but thing, this yeah. is one of those things like you know that you can just let fly in this i guess yeah this is the one time where i go okay but yeah you're right you know he gets he gets some fucking infection immediately immediately there's no way you go about with that can imagine yeah, going outside with the brain. Literally, like the fucking the the tendons in his fucking muscles and face and shit and bones and everything just exposed to the elements. I mean, come on. Yeah, but it looks fucking sick. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if you're gonna go Two Face, that is the way to do it, man. That is like proper fucked up, man. All this fucking Tommy D. Jones bullshit, man. So, um, which, if I remember right, got nominated for best makeup. It, it might have done. No, no, no. I don't care enough to check because I hate Batman forever. Uh, it did. Well, anyway, whatever. Hope this this film did. I'm not sure. I, it must have done. That makeup, man. What the fuck, man? I, and they CG'd it, obviously, a little bit. Oh, obviously, you know. But um, Yeah, they didn't actually blow off half his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they actually took off layers of his skin. No, but to be fair, though, I mean, Aaron Eckhart did actually, like, he researched like the uh, effect, like psychological effects on like burn victims in order oh, yeah. to like either see you know a bit better. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear a bit a lot of Heath Ledger's preparation. You get here back. I haven't seen Aaron Eckhart in any other films, but this, um, he go, yeah, he just goes so under the radar, and his performance is fan fucking tastic. But yeah, uh, I remember that the just the, the visual imagery of of that was the scariest thing I ever saw, man. When I was that age, I was like, what the fuck, man? That really terrified me as a kid, man. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll go, what goes on after? So, yeah, 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 anyway. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, we get that Joker, we cut to the Joker catching up with the with his mobster mates. Um, and uh, we get obviously a very like you know, visually iconic scene where you got a huge pyramid of cash with Lao sat on the top and Joker's throwing money at him, and 
all this mobsters is obsessed about money and then Joker's trying to teach him a lesson about money. He's like, all you care about is money. This town deserves a better class of uh, criminals. And then literally sets the, uh, with his own cigar, sets the um, More out the fire. money alight. His half, at least. Yeah, that's right. Burns burns this fucking huge pile of money and presumably Lau in the process. Pretty gruesome way to go, man. Meanwhile, saying to him, oh, yeah, because you know, the mobster guy goes, oh, my guys will never work for a, for a freak. And uh, and Joker goes, oh, well, let's cut you up into little pieces. Sorry, let's cut you up into little pieces and then we'll see how loyal Hungry Dog really is. Yeah. Goes away. It's, like, it's not about money, it's about making a phone call. Because in amidst all this chaos, uh, Reese has announced that he's, you know, had enough of all this shit going down in Gotham, so he's going to reveal who the Batman is. Why he doesn't just do it straight away, I don't know. Oh, but, get, um, get those ratings up on the TV, that's why. Yeah, I think so. They must have been drawing it out because Joker somehow gets to phone in on this show just at the drop of a hat. Again, you know, you would think there'd be fucking thousands of people ringing into this show and they just happen to pick out the Joker's phone number. Yeah. Okay. But um, anyway, so uh, he goes, well, you know, uh, actually I had a dream where um, Batman didn't exist anymore and it was so boring. So uh, I've decided that instead we're going to kill Reese. So uh, if he doesn't die, yeah. then I'm going to blow up hospital. Yeah, if Reese doesn't die in 60 minutes and like the, you see his face on TV, it's like, Fuck. oh, yeah, so good, man. At which point, if you read, so I just go, well, I don't know. I mean, when you just go, well, yeah, he's Bruce Wayne, and that's it. Like, I, I don't really know. Well, by that point, he's probably hoping Batman's going to save him, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose. Well, um, which happens but doesn't happen, because now we uh, kind of another nice little bit of with Alfred where he goes, you know, uh, I need to go and save him or whatever, and uh, and, uh, and he goes, oh, should I go get the Batpod ready, sir? And he goes, um, no, it's a bit too obvious, you know, uh, Going something more subtle, and he's like, "Oh, the Lamborghini, then." Much yeah, the way subtle. he says it's like, "I always remember like, oh, the Lamborghini, I guess." Yeah, Lamborghini, much more subtle, so good. And then you see Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne, the fucking, you know, Patrick Bateman in his uh, Lamborghini, so fucking good, man. Um, so all this shit's going down. We're seeing Reese, you know, uh, you know, people trying to shoot him and stuff, and uh, they're trying to squat him into a car. Batman's going to um, fucking um, who is it? Alfred or Fox or Gordon or one of them going, yeah, find me all the information about all these cops, see who's got relatives in the hospital because whoever does will probably try and kill Reese. Why he's so desperate to save Reese's life, by the way, I don't know. Just let someone take him out as far as I'm concerned. Do you know what I mean? Like, do your favour, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's letting the Joker win, I guess, in this, so he doesn't want him to. I think more... that's an occasion where you can let the Joker win and just go. I, know, but like the, I guess to Gordon, <laughs> like the more ground you concede to the Joker, the more power he gets, basically. I don't know. If I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm like, yeah, go on, man. <laughs> you can have this yeah, one. But he, yeah, but the Waynes are always good people, so, you know. Yeah, yeah fuck off, man. But, uh, but anyway, <laughs> so uh, we'll ignore all this stuff because um, basically in the midst of all the chaos, uh, Joker shows up at Jeff Gotham General Hospital where Harvey Dent is and Joker is dressed up as a nurse. You know, cross-dressing. Yeah, dressing although, like. also, to be fair as well, like, just before, it doesn't... Um... Bruce's car takes like a hit for um, Reese. Well, yeah, okay. So I'm gonna, yeah, that, that comes a little bit after, but um, oh, I see. I, we, don't, we, I don't know why I thought. It. Yeah, so Wayne basically takes takes the bullet. You know, he drives in front of another car that's going to smash into uh, into uh, you know 
fucking um, Reese saved his yeah, life. He takes he a good look at dialogue him, between uh, Gordon and Wayne because he goes, "Oh, it's Bruce Wayne, isn't it?" It's like, yeah, you, you put your you know coat around my shoulders when I was a kid. You're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, how's it going?" You know? he's also, yeah, was he also like, "Oh, you're such a noble thing of you to take that car." And he's like, "Uh, what? Who's in what? it? Who's in it?" And then you get that moment where Reese makes eye contact with Christian Bale, and it's like, because he knows he's Batman, and then Wayne gives him the nod, like, "Yeah." You, so, yeah, you know, saved your life, man. You know, you better not. But then again, you know, to this day, Reese is still alive and hasn't told anyone that Batman's Bruce Wayne. I'm not sure about that. But anyway. True. Maybe he killed him off screen. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, like, maybe it's like an extended uh, cut of American Psycho, maybe. You know? Yeah, probably. You do get a funny bit here as well because he uh, goes, Oh, do you think I should go to the hospital? And it's like, Oh, you don't watch a lot of news, do you, Mr. Wayne? Oh, yeah, I love that too. <laughs> And yeah, so uh, in amidst all this, um, the Joker is being a transvestite, basically rocks up in a nurse outfit to uh, go and have a chat with Two-Face while they're evacuating the hospital, of course, because of his threat from earlier. I don't know if you, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but like, do you remember this bit where like he's wearing a, he's wearing a face mask, like a nurse thing, and then like he, Two-Face doesn't do anything. And then, but yeah. when he takes it off, he goes insane at him. I'm like, so I was just going to say, yeah, it's like, it reminds me of this bit in Blackadder where the guy's like, you know, he's like in this disguise and it's like, oh, you remember him now? And it's like, no, not really. And then he takes off the fake eyebrows. And he's like, oh, it's you. You know, it's reminded me of that. It's like, oh, this, how do you, how, yeah, he doesn't no, react. Like, oh, well, how many nurses have well, like, you didn't recognize him beforehand? Thing. The green hair and the eyes that you didn't recognize him without the mask. I don't know. Like, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So uh, they're having a little chat there. Joker again doing his like preaching message thing. Yeah, to, it, uh, it wasn't personal, you know, me and your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and the uh, thing about chaos is uh, chaos is fair. I'm an agent of chaos, you know. I'm like a dog chasing cars when I do with one I forgot one. Blah, fucking blah. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, introduce a bit of anarchy. Oh, yeah. And then we get the line, uh, what's the one, uh, you know. Um, everyone loses their mind, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's, yeah, because everything, everything goes to plan, you know. If I... Say oh, I'm gonna kill a bunch of like, I don't know hookers or whatever. Like you know, no one's gonna give a shit. But if I say I'm gonna kill one little mayor, then everyone loses their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carried to death, man. The amount of memes about that is oh, like, yeah. of course. Needless to say, yeah. <laughs> that that one about like you know like his sex. Oh yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. Man. Of course. Um. So anyway, we get basically. Um, where are we? Oh yeah. So he goes introduce a bit of anarchy, gives him the revolver, and goes yeah. Uh, and then Two Face goes, yeah, heads you live, tails you don't, and uh, Joker's like, yeah, that's more like it. And um, and I really do like that bit because you know, I think that's that's one of the bits where yeah, in this that's this is where it starts making sense because you know, obviously that lands on heads. If heads and tails, Two Face shoots Joker, and that's the end of the film. Well, not quite, but you know, um, and that's that's very good. And obviously it goes on heads. Um, this begins Two Faces fucking revenge, uh, you know, war path. Um, but before we get there, uh, Joker blows up the hospital, and this is oh, did you know? Blah blah blah. Joker improvised this all. Yeah, he improvised all the bullshit about this scene. Yeah, we fucking get it. So we're just gonna skip over this because everyone fucking knows about this scene. He blows up the hospital. Great and... scene there, still. Sorry. Great scene there, so I feel like we have to like preface uh what's it called? Have that every single time we're like, oh yeah, everyone knows this, but it's still a good scene. Yeah, it's good, but it's like, you know, he walks out, presses the button, looks behind him, the hospital keeps blowing up. Um so yeah. Um anyway, so he gets on the bus, drives away. It is a great scene, obviously, but it's just been uh, that scene above all has been so done to death. I'm just 
I'm not going to add to that. So, um, so anyway, uh, then uh, Joker gets onto his next part of his plot where he goes on TV and he goes, yeah, so uh, now I'm going to uh, fuck up Gotham. So if you want a part of that, stay. If you don't want to be here, you better fucking get on your bike. So a lot of people go, yep, let's do that. So they all get on the ferries. Gordon goes, yeah, we should evacuate the prisoners as well because they'll be part of Joker's plan. So basically, obviously Joker anticipated that, obviously. Um, so... Now we get to a bit where um, basically we're, we're getting towards the climax of the film. So you've got a ferry full of prisoners and a ferry full of civilians, right? Good people, as you know, it's yeah, or, or middle class, you know, maybe upper class. You, know, you didn't see like you know a bum on there, do you? No, no, that's true. But uh, yeah, you, you get you know, and the joke is basically um, you know doing a social experiment where he's like, okay, so both of your boats are about to explode. Uh, you've each got the detonators to each other's boats and he's just trying to prove that, you know, people are scum and they'll, you know, do anything to, to survive. And uh, and anyway, um, before we really get into this scene, I think it's worth mentioning that... Uh, actually, no, let, we'll, we'll get into this now. So um, uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole bunch of shit, basically, where um, Batman basically rigs up the detective vision to scan the whole of Gotham so he can track down the Joker to stop his plans. Uh, Joker Gordon. anticipates this too a little bit, apparently. Sorry? I mean, the fact that Joker expected him to turn up means that he expects him to somehow find this out. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, Lucius Fox is like, he's against it. He's like, nah, this is wrong. I don't want to be surveilling everyone. And Batman's like, well, you, I left you in charge. So just when you're done, type in your name. All Gucci. Uh, Gordon as well. He's like, yeah, uh, you know, he, Joker's going to be here. So uh, set up a perimeter, blah, blah, blah. I'll take care of him. And anyway... Uh, we basically get to my favourite bit in the film, like, by far. This is definitely the most impactful. This is just fan-fucking-tastic. I mean, you've got the boat of the prisoners and the boat of the... And it's funny, because this is a scene in the film which has... Batman's not in it, Joker's not in it, Two-Face. No one's in this film. It's just literally people. And this is where Chris Nolan just really comes into his own in terms of yeah. displaying something about society that is forces us to think, what would we do in that situation? I mean, this, this look like if if there's anything in this film that makes me have to suspend my belief, it's the fact that people wouldn't actually blow each other up in this case. Like, if you so do this you, IRL, I'd say you're on the civilian boat, right? And you you know you get your and obviously they, and it's just amazing. This scene is just like a film of its own, right? Because you know you've got the conversations happening on each boat, and obviously on the on the civilian boat, they're passing around the uh, they start voting. They switch to democracy straight away because that's how they you know they think. Yeah. And uh, they vote to blow up, and it's like, well, you know, who's going to pull the, you know, who's going to, and it's like the the whole um, corporate punishment argument. Would you pull the lever? You know, would you do the lethal injection or firing squad or whatever? You know, so who's who's prepared to get their hands dirty? So I ask you, Henry, what would you do? Someone hands you the trigger. Well, have you ever played a Counter Strike Global Offensive? Always <laughs> got to set up a bomb. But, but what um, what I'm you not do? talking about what I would personally do, but this is but just how I view what would happen. What would you do? I, I personally wouldn't. You wouldn't. But I know in real life, if this happens, someone would yeah. do it. Guaranteed. Like, because, I mean, for this scene, they had, like, 800 extras, and they filmed it all in a day and so on. So assume you had, like, 400 people per boat. There's going to be at least one person on there who's going to try and blow it up. Yeah, I think so. Because I... <sighs> Yeah, you, you, you definitely, I mean, these are all, like, pissed-off rich people who are, although, you know what, I think the reason they don't is because 
I think the guy who says he will and then chickens out, because I think you're right, someone would step up to do it, but I think they wouldn't have the bottle because, and the reason for that is because they're doing it in front of a whole bunch of other people, right? If it was just you on your own doing it, no worries, you know, I could do that. No yeah, problem. I guess the fact that that's it's the social so. pressure, it's the peer pressure, because they're doing it in front of all these people. And I think as he picks it up, that's his thing. And the actor, that random guy is doing it. He's so fucking, his face and everything, he, he's so convinced that he's going to do it because he's like, you know, and he's there, he's got it in his hand and the music and everything is just full hands in and he's just nailing it, man. And he's like, oh, he's going to do it. And everyone's looking at him and he's like, and you can see him thinking about it. And he's like, he's really, he's like, Commits to doing it and he's like yeah i'm gonna fucking do this shit and then he realizes man everyone's watching me do this he's probably got wife and kids you see the wedding ring on his finger and you know, he's got family and all this shit it's like oh it's so good it's so good yeah. this is what makes this film rated as high as literally just just this scene is just everything is just so it's such a great up. climax as well I have to it's say. fantastic you're like wow you know it's really as you're on the edge of your seat this is one scene which just gives me goosebumps. Even like, you know, the first five or six times I watch it, I'm like, wow, it gets me every time. Because on the other boat, you've got the... Pri we haven't even mentioned the other boat yet because you've got the prisoners on there and you've got fucking Debo from Friday, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know you haven't seen those films, but that trilogy is fucking special to anyone who's seen it. And Debo's there, man. And he's like, he's the big guy, right? Yeah. With a the, with the, with the funny eye. And, um, and he, but, you know, he's like, oh... You know, he goes to the guards like, you don't know how to... And, and because obviously everyone assumes that the criminals, you know, won't bat an eyelid. They'll, they'll definitely blow up the other boat. And this is where you're right, actually. One million percent, someone on the criminal boat blows up the other boat. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, I know the guards percent. have, like, shotguns and everything, but, like, people would swarm them, probably. Yeah, one fucking... Can you imagine percent. doing this in the... If These are already convicted criminals who have plenty of years to go. What does it matter to one of them... Fucking probably Victor Zaz is on there. All these guys, man. They was I'll turn a key, blow up the other boat. No worries, man. I got arrested for that anyway. You know, I'm already doing life spell. Yeah, I'll do Can that. You imagine like no fucking problem. Civilian yeah. boat. Yeah, it's probably debatable that no one would have the bottle to do that. As you know, as we see the guy. Can you imagine, they, yet. Can you imagine you if they bet your fucking dollars? Someone in the criminal boat does that. No fucking problem. Wouldn't think twice. Yeah, 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 but can you imagine they set this in London instead of America, man? They fucking blow each other up immediately, guaranteed. Yeah, it would be over before it starts, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, Joker wouldn't even finish his speech and the, the civilian boat would be blown up, do you know what I mean? No problem. However, what we never see is the fact that we're taking the Joker's word for it that it would blow up the other boat, because who's to say that they don't have the triggers to their own boats? Right, and it's like teaching them a lesson. Do you know what I mean? Like they would kill the boat, they kill themselves. Right, you know. So um, there's always that in the back of your mind as well. It's like, well, because obviously he fucked up the Harvey Rachel thing earlier. He told them the wrong ones. So there's every chance. I mean, and we'll never obviously get the answer to that. But there's every chance that he rigged up the boat to blow up their own. They have their own triggers. So how do they even know the Joker's telling the truth? So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I hadn't even thought about that myself. But like, um. I mean, yeah, this is a fantastic scene. But the thing that I also find that also helps elevate it as well is, like, uh, obviously, like, Gordon thinks they have no time, so they're all going to go in, like, with SWAT and everything. But then Batman, obviously, is like, oh, yeah, give me five minutes, basically. But the thing... Yeah, because the that's thing that thing gets me. Meantime, yeah, the thing man. that gets me every time in this is, like, they're like, oh, well, like, you know, the Joker's goons are, like, with their machine guns, they're in such obvious spots. But then Batman finds out yeah. those are the hostages. Yeah. I always forget that, and it's so good. Although, why the hostages are stood up like that? I don't. I understand that they're gagged and taped the thing, but why they don't just 
They probably yeah. tied their legs together and have them suspended or something like that. Who knows? Mm, nah, I'm not sure about Or what? He's got broomstick up his ass as well to make sure he stands up. I'm not sure. Oh, who but, knows? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, in the midst of all this, so moment, cool, obviously, though. yeah, you've got the fucking Batman's taking down these villains and dogs and shit. By the way, Batman's a dog killer, man. You know? He kills at least two dogs in that. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> but um, not people, so it doesn't count. <laughs> well, I suppose. But uh, nevertheless, he is a dog killer. And um, yeah, he finds the tape goons and, and eventually gets to the Joker. And by this point, obviously, Debo, he's like, yeah, you know, he does that bit where he's like, you don't know how to take a life. You know, let me do it. I'll I'll, I'll do what you should have done 10 minutes ago. Um, fucking, I'll even say, yeah, he says, that I'll even say that I took it from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, you can tell him I took it by force, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, okay. And he fucking takes it off him and then chucks it out the window. It's like, whoa, so fucking powerful. And he sits back down and all his mates are like, what the fuck, man, you know? Because you're all convinced that guy's going to blow it up, do you know what I mean? And then he doesn't. Yeah, and it's also like, like the more remorse. Hits the water and it's short so actually, blow. sorry for what he's done. Sorry? Yeah. Can you imagine if that, like, when he threw out the water, it's short-circuited, actually blew up the boat anyway? <laughs> yeah, it'd be fucking funny, wouldn't it? Um... But yeah, I mean, obviously this is like the one remorseful criminal the Joker didn't count on being in the boat. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm yeah, you reckon he like checked out all like criminal profiles and be he like, yeah. I'm not buying it. They're not a single fucking hardened, seasoned fucking Gotham criminal put in there by Batman himself, yeah. Killers, rapists, murderers, all that shit. Not a single one of them does go, yeah, I'll blow it up. Like they're not queuing up to blow up the other boat, man. They're like, do it without such fucking hesitation. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So, uh, anyway, so Debo throws out the thing out the window, uh, sits back down, and then the bald guy in the other boat, he's like, you know, thinking about it, and everyone's looking at him and shit. He's like, you know, and then obviously he doesn't have the guts to do it, so he sits back down like the fucking pussy that he is to, you know, to go back home and, you know, get his divorce, whatever, from his wife. He lost all respect for him as well. And uh, obviously, Batman has the little showdown with Joker, and he's like, Oh, you know, we better stop all this fighting because we're going to miss the fireworks. And he goes, There won't be any fireworks. And he goes, uh, And here we go. And obviously, nothing happens. So then the Joker goes, Oh, you can't rely on anyone these days. Luckily, I came prepared. So he's got two triggers on him, and uh, you know, it's a funny world we live in. By the way, do you know I got these scars? Batman goes, No, but now he got these. The ninja stars shoot out and fucking, um, you know, don't kill Joker, but disarm him, and he falls down, and Batman overpowers him and shit. By the way, how the Joker gets him into this exact like position where the beam is down on him and shit is like beyond me. But I don't know. You know. But to be fair, he just like I will say one thing with Heath Ledger's Joker, he just beat this living shit out of Batman with like an iron bar. Or oh something. yeah, when he had the chance, when Batman was in the net and two dogs on him already, yeah, and he gets like fucking crowbar, and, yeah, starts battering him. But uh, yeah, he has a good fun. He has a good fun with that. But it's very good. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so he, he fucking batters Batman and uh, and uh, you know and then sort of overpowers Batman, but then Batman overpowers him, and then fucking Joker does this speech where he's hung upside down, and it's like, you know, obviously everyone knows about this scene. I don't know if there's anything I can say about this that hasn't already been said. I can basically memorize it by now. Yeah, like, I think we're destined to do this forever. Da, da, da. Yeah. Oh, an unstoppable force, immovable object, X, Y, Z. Don't really think there's anything we can say here that hasn't it's already like been Joker said. This film is a Joker quote generator.com, basically. Yeah. Um, anyway, needless, needless to say, that's the last we'll see of the Joker. Uh, in amidst all this, Two-Face has been going on a bit of a killing spree. So 
first of all, <laughs> first of all, Two Faces escaped from the hospital, and they obviously brought his suit along with him because he's still got half a burnt suit there, which they didn't throw away. They just, he, they just left it with him. Yeah, I really wonder as well. Like, how does he get around? Like, you just walk, just this guy you just see yeah, falling down the street, or half something. his face burned off. <laughs> yeah. No one stops him or anything. But anyway, um, no skin infection stops him either. Who knows? Anyway, so first of all, so he's basically uh, on his revenge path, catches up with a few bent coppers, one of them in the pub, you know, shoots him. Um, another one's Maroney. Where, okay, now this is, again, this is maybe the last bullshit moment of the film, so let me let me get it out of the way. So he's in the car with Maroney, right? You know, spins the coin, doesn't shoot him. Then he shoots the driver, okay? That car does a fucking Casino Royale James Bond flip 30 times over, yeah? Smashed up. <laughs> blown up into a train demolished fucked finished yeah everyone in that car is dead deceased right i mean yeah like like already half it's not even like it's ambiguous or like you know or it's a little bit intact because you know with the truck earlier yeah, heath ledger walks out of that debatable okay this is like no no chance anyone survives that car crash let alone walks away from it let alone is in i mean not mint condition like he uh, like uh, two faces but you know He's fine. He hasn't broken anything. Yeah. Come on. I mean, he's Come like, on. Come on. Can you imagine as well, like, that car's, like, smoking and burning or something. Can you imagine all that soot, like, going on your, like, open wounds and shit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he gets up to with another cop who, uh, you know, drove Rachel and, oh, yeah, unless we've got our yeah. Uh, and she, he gets her to call up uh, Gordon's uh, family and say, yeah, you need to go here. It's like, oh, you, uh, did she believe you? That's because she trusted you. Just like Rachel trusted you. Like, oh, okay, we get it. Um, then, um, and then basically we get to the final fucking showdown of this film, which again, we, I mean, we've just come off the back of this fucking, you know, the two fairies thing. And now we get, yeah, the final showdown. We get basically the, 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 the 50th climax of this film. Where uh, we've just had the two fairies, and now we have fucking um, uh, Gordon shows up to you know find his family. Two Face you know stops him. Uh, Batman shows up as well. He's like, oh, you're not going to kill the the boy. Oh yeah, because um, Gordon, uh, sorry, Two Face holds a gun. He's like, let's see who's your favorite person in your family, not your wife. Oh, it's your son, who's also called Jim. Jim, like really creative with names and that. But um, Jim Gordon Jr. pulls him aside. He's gonna, you know, shoot him, and uh, Batman goes, "Yeah, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna hurt the boy. Uh, you know, you're pointing the guns, pointing the ones that are responsible." And uh, Two Face says, "Yeah, fair enough, mate. So uh, you first spins the coin, tails, kills Batman. Well, shoots him. Then he goes, me next, heads, you know. And then, uh, and then he's like, oh. And then it's like your turn, Gordon. And um, it's like, oh, you know, if you're gonna punish someone." Don't punish the boy, punish me. And he's like, yeah, I'm about to. The music, man, this fucking build-up is so good. I've really skipped over what happens here, but I think everyone knows this scene, so... Yeah, it's like, I mean, honestly, like, go watch the film again, you know. You, you... Oh, it's fucking amazing. The last 15 minutes of this film really is what... I'm, it is exceptional, I must say. It is really exceptional. I've done a lot of shitting on this film, you know, but, uh, you know, credit was due. This is absolutely phenomenal really like one of the best kind of endings to any film ever you know i mean not just it and when i say ending 
you can take that as the last 15 minutes, the last five minutes, the last scene, the last frame, the last line. Everything is just phenomenal here. Apart from Batman killing Two-Face. <laughs> yeah, that's a what? good point. <laughs> he, kill, he literally just kills Two-Face. No one talks about it, you know. Batman's, you know, he fucking sacrificed his place in the League of Shadows in Batman Begins because of this no-killing rule, yeah? Joker keeps bringing up, you're not going to kill anyone, you know? That's your rule, da-da-da. Uh, you've got, I've got one rule, da-da-da. And then breaks it at the end of this film. So... I mean, yeah, and he goes, yeah, the Joker won. You're right, because now you're a fucking killer, Batman. You're no better than any of these people that you condemn. So we get that. He kills uh, Two-Face, saves, obviously, Gordon's son, lifts him up, falls to the ground himself because he's got a bullet in him as well. And, um, yeah, we get this final, basically, this little speech where, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, uh, and you get the, you know, you see Two-Face's body and Batman turns his head like no... Uh, no one must see what happens to Two-Face, just say, I killed him, which, well, which he did, and that I killed everyone else as well. Um, you know, they'll hunt me down, they'll kill me, you'll condemn me. We see, uh, you know, Gordon, like, you know, like a future flashback, whatever you want to call it, fucking, you know, putting an axe to the bat symbol, which is really fucking cool. Um, you get a lot of payoffs, you get Alfred burning the letter, very fucking important people, remember that for the next episode. You get Fox turning off the uh, computer when Batman's going, yeah, you know, yeah, people short, deserve their faith to be rewarded. All that shit. And, uh, yeah, Batman fucks off, basically, because uh, the police are coming after him, and he's like, yeah, um, now I'm going to do that so the Joker can't win. Uh, Gordon's like, yeah, after him, guys, you know, and uh, and his son goes, oh, why are you hunting him, Danny? He didn't do nothing wrong. He's like, well, we need to, because he's the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. He's our Cape Crusader. He's our, you know, uh, our Dark Knight. And that's how the, and as Batman's driving into the tunnel and shit, it's like so fucking good. That final frame line is amazing. Gary Oldman, man, fucking killing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the Dark Knight. We get the music and uh, that's the film. There you go. We've just reviewed the Dark Knight. That's pretty, um, I don't know. I never, I never really knew how that would turn out, that kind of this episode in terms of, um, <laughs> you know, how I would end up reviewing The Dark Knight, but I've just done it, and... Uh, I mean, well, you know... I'm sure cool. it's going to be a unique review of The Dark I'm not sure anyone's been <laughs> slammed it as much as I just have, but don't get me wrong. Very good film. Now we're going to do all the rankings, including the rating of this film, which is going to be interesting now. Am I, you know, yeah. have I just... Have I said all these things about and then going to give it a high rating? Probably, but... Um, I mean, let's do it, Henry. Can I, can I bring up one last thing about this? Oh, yeah, go on, I sorry. I thought it was quite funny that I didn't know about this. Just, uh, I think just before this film came out, or maybe during its release or whatever, there's there was a city in Turkey that sued this place because it was also called Batman. And despite the fact it wasn't in the title, they said that, you know, the character Batman's name is copyright infringement, which they obviously lost this lawsuit, but they sued Warner Bros. for this, like, why? <laughs> wow. Amazing. Uh, there you go. So um, let's go on to the rankings. So, this is going to be interesting. So, uh, what have we got first? A lot of these rankings are basically the same from uh, from Batman Begins. So, we've got Batsuit. By the way, the Batsuit gets upgraded. We didn't even mention this, but the Batsuit gets a little bit upgraded so he can turn his head. I, I don't know why they didn't just do that from Batman Begins and why that needed to be something. I don't know. Maybe. They didn't be discussed in the film at the beginning, but... 
Yeah, maybe they reference. Maybe it's just a reference to the fact that none of the others could turn their heads originally. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, but anyway, so Batman is still obviously uh, number one here. Uh, Bruce Wayne as well, still number one, right? Yeah, easily. Yeah, there's no role within this, so. Uh, I mean, Tumblr still number two, which I'm. I don't know. It very. It, I think this film justifies it being as the second one. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Man. You, right. you, you love your child and nostalgia too much, man. Okay, so now are we going to do the Joker now? Let's get the other ones out of the way. Yeah, we'll probably save the Joker till uh, till last before the film. Well, I think all the rest is the same. It's just the Alfred's. Yeah, that's true. We just I need mean, to do yeah, the Joker and the film time. rating, right? And the Sigma moment, right? Of course. Okay. So, uh, what do we have so far? We obviously have uh, Jack Nicholson, Caesar Romero, yes. and Caesar Romero number two. Yeah. So, Heath Ledger's Joker. This is probably going to get a few death threats, personally. <laughs> number three, right? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I mean, oh, this is the thing. This has like been like a great debate that I think most people would say Heath Ledger is the best Joker. Like because I think even I would go as far as to say as I think nine out of ten people would say Heath Ledger is the best Joker. Yeah, but that's because most people who've seen The Dark Knight are younger, are probably too young to have seen Batman and Yeah. Or they don't appreciate it, or they're just too brainwashed to. Or it's because most people like are used to like you know like, yeah, the Chris Nolan effect. I don't know, like modern cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you said it just right there, Chris Nolan effect. So uh, are we the two out of twenty that are going to put Jack Nicholson first and Heath Ledger second? This is the thing because like I don't want to understate the fact that. This Joker is is still incredible. Like, yeah, obviously, like, yeah, it seems that like every single like most Jokers have like, you know, most Joker actors sacrifice something like, you know, mm-hmm. or or there's a sacrifice involved with Joker. I mean, like mm-hmm. with this one, obviously sacrifices life, you know, uh, Jared Leto sacrifices reputation. <laughs> Joaquin, uh, what's it called? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> sacrificed, you know, his like became a chain smoker after in order to do it. Caesar Romero wouldn't sacrifice shit, so he paints over his mustache. Wouldn't even sacrifice his mustache, man. Yeah, yeah, but we'll like these, uh, uh, we'll see Bros, the entire studio uh, sacrificed sacrifices. everything to get Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know, Jack Nicholson did sacrifice shit, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, they all sacrificed everything <laughs> to get him in the film. You know, including Robin throwing Robin Williams under the bus. You know. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, Jack Nicholson, he's a player, man. He didn't sacrifice shit for this, and he still had a great time. And for me, was still the best Joker. Yeah, because. Like, I assume Heath Ledger is more most people's favorite Joker, but with Jack Nicholson, having seen his one um, recently, having seen his his film, uh, and then this, mm-hmm. it's just that I I really understand what you have to say when it's like Heath Ledger's one isn't really so much the Joker in so much as he's like kind of like the like the all he has all the characteristics of the Joker like like features. But isn't re- uh, like the physical features and everything. But he isn't. He's not like you know the comic book Joker brought to life, really. Which yes. I guess it wouldn't work in this film anyway. Like they shouldn't have like you know done the same thing they did with Jack Nicholson's. But mm. it's just his like he's missing like like Jack Nicholson's. You know he has the gadgets. He his <laughs> just like the scenes he's in and everything and like the way he behaves and the way that he sort of works is that he doesn't. It, like he's sort of he doesn't plan stuff so much he's more like 
he rolls yeah. the punches and he's more spontaneous. Yeah. Like he definitely didn't plan to throw twenty million dollars off of a float by the end of the film. Yeah. And even by the end of it, when he dies, he's like, that's not because he like he planned all that. It's because he didn't. It's just something that happens, like a freak accident, just like him falling in a vat of chemicals is a freak accident. That's like the whole thing. It's not like, like I said, he's not Jack Nicholson's one. It's not like, you know, more like the Riddler like this, uh, like Heath Ledger's, which is still incredible, I have to say, just so I don't get shot. But like, it's, it's better. That's why uh, I think. Do, do you know it what might I not be is... what most people think, but that's my personal yeah. opinion. Do you know what, because you say about the characteristics and the, the, even that for me is off because... You know, the hair is like this long, greasy hair, right? Um, the face, it's, it's applied makeup. It's not his skin is dyed or anything. So straight off the bat, you've got a couple of things where it's like, that's not, you know. Yeah. And then he doesn't have, he's got the Joker playing card and that's it. He doesn't have any um, buzz handshakes or acid flowers or anything. And that might seem to a lot of people really a pathetic thing to point out. But you know, listen, you know, those are things that Jack Nicholson did and committed to and pulled off. That Heath Ledger didn't. Yeah, and I'm not saying like Heath Ledger had to have you know the guy. No, 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 no I'm not saying that. Chris, I'm not saying but... that would have made his Joker better. But the problem is with his Joker is it's 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 a character that obviously Chris Nolan wanted to have in this film to make it successful. To um, you know, because obviously as, as everyone knows, Chris Nolan did these Batman films to elevate his own status within Hollywood, so he could do his own projects like Inception, Interstellar, that he was really interested in. Batman was just to kind of get his profile bigger successfully um, doing so. But um, so you could get better budgets and all that shit. But, um, you know, this felt to me like, you know, Chris Nolan had a script, had everything, and he had everything except the title villain, right? And he had Two-Face, he had uh, Batman, he had everything going there, all the plot. And because he committed in Batman Begins, the ending of it, to have the Joker in this film, he had this character all thought out and everything, and then he just went, okay, and now I have to pick one of the Batman villains to do it. it has to be the Joker. And it wasn't the other way around. It wasn't like this film's yeah, going to so be... Yeah, didn't start with the Joker. You understand? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it felt like the Joker's just like the last piece of the puzzle just to... And that's why it doesn't really fit for me. That's why it's not really the joke for me because this is more like Chris Nolan preaching a social message using someone called the Joker but that isn't the Joker at all. It doesn't do anything really Joker-like apart from maybe the pencil thing and a couple of lines here and there, but... And then that his behavior isn't really yeah. Joker-like, you know. In in a sense, I'd maybe say Jared Leto is more of a Joker than Heath Ledger, and that might be fucking blasphemous to a lot of fans of this film. But that's how I feel about it, and that's that's my opinion because I, uh, you know, if we're going like, I, and obviously we're not ranking these by their accuracy to comics, then Jared Leto would be like, that's yeah, it's part of it, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but that, I think. If we're looking for a Joker that just takes every single box flawlessly, then that's Jack Nicholson, okay? And I don't care if you're the most diehard Heath Ledger Joker fan ever, you can't come to me and tell me that Heath Ledger's done an accurate portrayal of the Joker, because he hasn't. He's done Chris Nolan's portrayal of the Joker. But he's done it incredibly well, I have to mention that's that. That's not Bob Kane's Joker, it's not like comics. And I'm not saying, like, you know, you should worship the comics or anything, but, you know, this is so far removed from being what the Joker is it's not the joker anymore and and you i can't put that above in a joker ranking i can't put that above jack nixon's joker which fulfills all of the psychotic and all that shit but also makes it accurate as well and and has by the way just as many iconic scenes and dialogue Let, let's not forget uh jack nixon's 
his his uh, you know origin story and his announcement when he kills uh, Grissom and when he you know when he zaps that guy with the electric handshake and when he you know when he um, takes down the art museum and all this shit you know and and on the float his fight with Batman he has so many iconic lines and and you know never another man's rebuttal he does all these lines yeah. and stuff which is you know I'm glad you're dead all these lines just as iconic as anything Heath Ledger does it's just Heath Ledger is more like you know, just in this era of cinema where it's just a little bit different and perhaps the film that he's surrounded by is a little bit more serious and well thought out, better thought out, um, because it's had the privilege of building upon Burton's, you know, reinvention of Batman in the first place, you know, 20 years prior. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are arguments that you could say for, you know, there's a reason why most people, I mean, there are several reasons why people, you know, like Heath Ledger more than Jane Nicholson, probably because half of them haven't seen him. But like, and also the era that we're in and so on and so forth. But this isn't to say that we, like, this is, like, the objective, you know, no one can question this. This is just, like, yeah, yeah our personal opinions. This yeah, is that's also, right. I mean... Uh, this is also me, you know, covering my back in case someone else comes <laughs> after me, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I, I fully accept if, you know, I, I fully accept the fact that most people will disagree with me. Some people probably never listen to this show again because of my opinion just now, but... You know, fuck you if that's the case. You know, like, <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah, I don't respect your opinion. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And and this is it. You know, and and I've justified my reasons. And if anyone wants to one v one me, let's fucking do it. You know, I mean, I'll I'll I'll, I'll die on this hill. Jack Nicholson's better joke than Heath Ledger. I'm not saying Heath Ledger's bad at all. I've explained at length why I believe that's the case. If anyone wants to go into that with me, we'll do it. But that's that's um, that's our Joker rating, and and you agree with me as well. So I'm not alone at least. Right. Yeah, you've got. Um, one, I'm the other person in the world who believes this. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to say, this is my uh, my revelation as to why I'm in witness protection. It's because of this. <laughs> this is why I'll be joining you, mate. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, now uh, before we get on to ranking the film itself, uh, which I will just uh, prepare here. Oops. There we go. Uh, my Sigma moment. Thanks again. <laughs> So, you know, thank you for that. Sorry? Yeah, sorry. I just said, like, well, you're skipping through a couple of them. It's like, yeah, I got a brief look at Michael Caine's lovely face, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, no need to re-rank that. Uh, we've got now the most Sigma moment. So what are we going with? I I, I assume you've probably got yours in mind. I yeah, do remember I this one part uh, that I think Moroni says while he's in the club. Which oh, is really yeah. Yeah, yeah where, like, there's this lady with him and she's like, that. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, something, something, and he's like, do you, uh, he's like, we can't possibly hear each other in here, he's like, and he's like, do you really think I want to listen to you, or something? Yeah, you what makes you think I want to hear you talk? Yeah, um, it's, like, it's a callback to, like, you know, Jack Nicholson's, you know, did I ask? When yeah, yeah, to, yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's a good, well, that's a good shout, actually. My, my one, my idea, I mean, there are a lot of lines in here, you know, there's Lucius Fox earlier, I think, you know, um, Gordon has a good one, you know, don't worry, your friend's coming with you. But I think for me, it has to be Bruce Wayne going, you know, oh, it'll be fine. I own the place. You know, I think that you can't be that, can you? Yeah, of course. I mean, and from, especially, you know. especially as he's showing up the base of Harvey Dent as well. He's like, oh, I, I took three weeks. It took me three weeks to get a booking, you know, and then yeah. Bruce Wayne walks in and just like arranges the tables like however he wants, man. You know? Yeah, it's like, it's like maybe this is even a possible reference to American Psycho where they half the films about trying to get yeah. a reservation at Dorsia, you know. <laughs> this is Dorsia, man. This is the same universe, man. Yeah, he's finally <laughs> bought it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it really could be. Who knows? Yeah. 
so where are we ranking this against? You know, I'm buying this hotel. Could be the same hotel now that I think about it. So I'd, I'd put it below I'm buying this hotel. Yeah. I'm putting it second as well. I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no dispute on that, I think. Okay. Well, that was all right. <laughs> yeah. I think hey, the, listen, the we've got Ben Affleck is... coming up. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that's true. But uh, for now, we have to decide what we're going to rank the Dark Knight. Now, Do you we've given Batman 89 and Batman Begins an 8.7 apiece. So, what are we going to give the Dark Knight? What would you give it? Uh, 9.2. 9.2. I'm with you in giving it... There had to be a point where something would go above Batman 89, and this is that day. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, it's definitely getting a 9 from me. I would probably give it a 9 dead, which would compromise us on a 9.1. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably I, give it. I'll be fine with giving it a nine point one. I mean, it's a it's a nine point zero on IMDb. is a little wiggle room, I guess. The thing is, you know, I look back on it. I think all the things I criticised of it, though, you know, and that, and that makes me think, like, you know, but the, the amount of shit. That it's I've such just, an like, epic think, film, though. Like, yeah, I've given it such like a hard time because you know I've seen it so many times, and it's like I, I just and I'm not trying to be different, you know. That's not the kind of person I'm. I'm very honest, and you know, I, I just say what I think. But yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I can't. You know, I can't knock it. It's obviously one of those films. The scenes, the the two berries. Like, actually, yeah, I'll give it nine point two. You're right. <laughs> oh no, nine point nine point one. Nine point one. Okay. And there it is, nine point one. And I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag here. This isn't the highest rating I'm gonna give a Batman film. Really. So, We'll get there. We'll get there. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to keep following and subscribing and everything to find out which Batman film that is. But for now, The Dark Knight has gone in number one with a 9.1 rating above Batman 89 and Batman Begins on an 8.7 each. We're happy with that rating, Henry, as one of the most iconic films of all time. (laughs) Yep. 9.1 for The Dark Knight. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That has been our review of The Dark Knight night thank you for listening make sure you share it around you follow us uh, send me all my abuse at millionth james on twitter and uh at henry uh, millionth henry on instagram or in the comments whatever you like drop us for your one star dislike oh, you can't see dislikes anyway so it's okay but um can with no you actually can with the google chrome extension that's what i use oh wow thanks for that yeah, quick shout out to that and they don't pay me <laughs> trust me great so um thank you everyone for listening thank you Andrew, for joining me once again next week we're going to do the dark knight rises very much looking forward to that one and uh um, we'll be doing in person that's right that's right so stay tuned for that same back time same back channel <laughs>